What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. All right, Ez. Let's just dive in. Let's dive into our initial kind of thoughts, reaction, guys. We have an enormous show today. Literally, you guys have been sending us so many transmissions, both on YouTube in the comments um, and as well in actual emails that um, we have a lot on the uh, that we're going to cover. Um, you guys are sending a lot, so we may be doing even more. We may be doing um, some sort of... We may do a second episode. We've actually had to do that, um, which is amazing. That just to to be able to keep up with your guys' comments and try to turn some of these into into um, videos, smaller videos and stuff like that. Just because you guys are sending us so many any great comments and stuff like that, people are sending us stuff on Twitter and everything. And everybody just wants to talk Star Wars. Everybody wants to talk the Mandalorian. So um, guys, be be, be sure to keep firing off. And we're actually live uh, this th this episode uh, in on YouTube, and we we already got people in the chat and everything. So super super fun. So as uh, Mandalorian chapter, uh, season two, episode six, chapter 14, the tragedy. When you watched it early this morning, what did you think? We had a lot of thoughts going into Tython thinking, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a lot of things had happened. One of the scenarios we laid out was something similar to this. I think we both just thought maybe that it would end in, in a scenario in which Moff Gideon shows up at the end of, of of the episode and we and and baby yoda grogu reaches out to somebody or something um i guess i guess really the the it went mostly the way i thought it would uh without obviously i i we knew boba fett was coming back um uh as at some point i didn't think it would be here 
Uh, but this is where it ultimately happened, and uh, an amazing, amazing episode. So, kind of, what were, what were your what were your like initial thoughts, and then we can kind of do a breakdown of yeah. it. And we've got a lot of talking points here, and then a lot of transmissions to get to as well. Yeah. So, just initially, uh, I got to say, wow. You know, wow is what I've been saying. I've been on Twitter. I've been I've been tweeting it out. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, it is what it is. This is the way, and um, it did blow me away. You know, I I was the the way I imagined Tython was a little bit different. Uh, but that's okay. I, I loved that it, you know, I think we say the word like ancient Jedi temple or seeing stone or ancient Jedi relic, and we don't really think it's going to be that ancient looking. And it really was. And I was like, wow, that is, that is the seeing stone. But that bad boy has been there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, you know, which was, which, which was cool. So, um, I was happy to see that I was blown away. There was some good comedy in this. There was a lot of action. I mean, from start to finish, this was just action, action-packed. I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I, I love the element of having Boba Fett kind of swoop in there first because I kind of thought, oh, shoot, this is what's happening. I was thinking Moff Gideon, right? Well, no, that's the second layer. That's the second wave. Um, and it adds a whole other layer that I, I wasn't expecting. Because um, like you said, we kind of thought maybe it would be towards the end of the episode or even just moving forward. It would be something like that, but but it was it was cool. It was a really, uh, really really fun episode, and uh, I I just was at, on the edge of my seat the whole time, just thinking like, what is going to happen? How I mean, it felt like in I, it's crazy the, the amount of video game references we've had in this season because it felt like a video game character leveled up in front of our eyes. We watched Boba Fett literally put on a suit and level up. I couldn't believe it. He was already like totally way more experience points and super OP, but then he put the suit on and I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, that was cool. My, my initial thoughts on that were, this is awesome. I was concerned about Grogu. I'm still concerned. We're going to talk about that later, but um, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, I, I got up uh, again early to watch it and wow, knowing, you know, I, I remember seeing something saying, hey, this is going to be a shorter episode going into it. Okay. Um, you, you know, uh, I love, I loved the little bit at the beginning, um, where they're on the ship and Mando's talking to Grogu and he's like saying his name and Grogu's looking at him. Uh, and then he's got the ball and you can just tell it is really pulling at Mando. It is pulling at his heartstrings. Um, and I actually have a lot of theories, uh, of, uh, about that, about that now. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and think, and thinking about where it is that we're going to be going forward with, with Mando and, and, and Grogu. Um, wow. Tython, you know, it, again, it was different than I thought too. Uh, it's more, it was more so of a, almost like a Stonehenge type, you know, structure out there in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I think we were, I think just the way Ahsoka kind of laid it out for us, I think we were all thinking, Hey, it's going to be an actual sort of Jedi temple. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it was more so th this, this stone, um, yeah, I mean, I watched your reaction uh, to the to the episode, uh, your, your little YouTube clip, and I was the same way because, um, you know, he he sets them on there, and I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be Imperials that show up, and I see, you know, Slave One, and I'm like, what? What is? Yeah, I, yeah. what? Yeah. I was like, oh my god! And so then, uh, we're gonna get to more Boba Fett because I have a lot of questions about Boba Fett uh, that need to be answered. And there's actually, there's a lot of lore, heavy lore stuff that was answered actually. And they're like, I mean, yeah. there's a big stuff actually that happened in, in this episode outside of obviously stuff specific to Mando, but some stuff in Jango Fett's lore and as well as Boba Fett's lore that has now been changed. Um, seeing Fennec, 
you know, I kind of knew she was going to be. We kind of, I think we kind of knew she was going to be back. There was also that James Arnold Taylor. Um, there was also that James Arnold Taylor. Um, right. Interview where he kind of leaked some stuff saying that he saw her and Cara Dune in a scene, which I think is likely to be the beginning of this next episode, you know, or or something or something like that. Um, so, I mean, and then obviously Tamora Morrison, Boba Fett, uh, you know, is is amazing. I loved the line that he says, um, you know, about I'm just a simple man because he says that as Jango Fett in Attack yeah. of the Clones. And so it's yeah. such a cool such a cool way to see him kind of because he is playing two different characters, but it's a clone. And, you know, so it's, it's all this, you know, it's it, it's great. It, it was absolutely great. He was wrecking people. Man, I like a more beefed up Boba Fett, too, when he's wearing the armor. Because, I mean, you know, you think yeah. about Boba Fett in the originals. Obviously, it's not Tamora Morrison playing him, but he's yeah. smaller. He's, yeah. you know, and he still looks amazing. But here, I mean, he's jacked. He's a he's yeah. a he's a he's a, he's a big dude. Um, So that was cool. We got to see the Dark Troopers. That was cool to see them. Um, we're gonna get to that because I think I've pretty much mapped out in my mind where where the 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 finale is going. Um, and uh, I was actually talking to um, you know, one of our one of you know one of our listeners, longtime uh, listeners, Matthew Perry, uh, and we were talking today, and we were saying um, the scenario that I will lay out here here and here here in a bit. Um, you know, if you had said that to us uh, like a couple weeks ago, we'd be like, that's the most fan service thing I've ever heard. But now it's um. Well, I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah. so you know, we will we, we'll, um, get, get back to that here in a second. So, yeah, initial review, I thought it was amazing. We thought that Baby Yoda, Grogu would get captured. I kind of thought maybe that's how the season would end. Um, so I think now it's going to be getting him back and we'll he will be back in our possession by the end of this season. Um, so, yeah, initial review. It was absolute. It was another another week, another amazing um, amazing episode and we're gonna we're gonna break it down because there's so much to talk about so um i guess just kind of initially let's just talk about uh i have my first point here today as tython so we both thought it would be some sort of jedi temple it's more of this seeing stone um and you know obviously it has ties to legends things like that video games um so your thoughts when you saw tython as what i mean what did you what did we think was going to happen? And, you know, what, like, ultimately, what do you think kind of the, the implications of Grogu being on this seeing stone on Tython, potentially calling out um, and, 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 and what's going to, and what do you think is going to happen there? We, we, we talked about last week, you know, Ahsoka says, Hey, it could be a Jedi will reach out, but we've said maybe might not be a Jedi that reaches out. Right. So, so here's the thing. Um, you know, the first time I ever heard about Tython, I heard about the hero of Tython, you know, and then I just see this little guy sitting there meditating, this beacon. He's going literally, out, and I was he's like, literally, he's he's even literally got his tiny oh little, my, I, cute as a button fingers, and he's and he's it was great. That was so unreal. I could not believe that. I was like, they went because if he just sat there and he was his head was just going back and forth, but they said no, 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 like serenity. He just kind of went there, got in the state. And um, it was it was really kind of cool to see because I feel like he was in harmony. You know what I mean? I feel like mm -hmm. he was really um, in a state of, of peace, whereas I've seen him, you know, he's happy to be with Den, but he's been, as Ahsoka told us, he's been suppressing his abilities to stay alive. That's a tough thing. Um, any, you know, any story that you read where a force user or a magic user or someone is cut off from the source of magic or the force or whatever, that becomes hard. 
it's hard for them because they're so used to it being right there and they can call upon it and pull it. And it's just like, it's a part of who they are. You know what I mean? They are force sensitive. So it's something that they feel. And there's a relationship with that force. So to sever that connection has to be hard. And for Grogu to have gone through, I need to, and not even really knowing how to do it, but to say, I've got to distance myself from the force and I've got to suppress this ability. That's something. So to see him in that state, I was, that's why I was blown away. I was sitting there going, this is amazing to see him just meditating in the beacon going out. And it was so great the way they did it because at first you're like, what? You know, Den is walking around the stone. Like, how do you turn this thing on? He's actually literally looking to see if there's a switch, you know? And um, so he just sits there. And again, he's, he's actually reaching for those butterflies. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wondered if he wasn't trying to, maybe when he couldn't reach one of them used to the force or was trying to, mm-hmm. to get a hold of them. And that all of a sudden that energy or whatever he did there helped him kind of connect with the stone. Um, and then, you know, we saw what happened. The beacon went out. And of course those butterflies we have seen before, right around force sensitive areas. Um, so that, that was cool. That was definitely um, some sort of, you know, like a deep cut. If you're somebody who uh, was like, Oh, that, that was kind of cool. We've seen yeah. those, I think with Anakin in, in, in the clone wars and in places before like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was awesome seeing him on the stone and quite literally creating a force field, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, around him. Um, and it was it, it was so cool because Din couldn't get in, and baby and baby Yoda Grogu is just in there, and he's channeling. He's in the force, um, and so he is sending out some sort of force energy. Somebody is talking to him, um, which kind of brings us to the question as. Who do you think that he was communicating with or who do you believe um, heard his communication? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first on this one, as even though yeah. I just introduced the question. Go for it. Um, because I now ha- I've, I've thought about this more and I've thought about this more. I think, um, you know, with, with people talking about Luke potentially being played by Sebastian Stan – I think if that's if that's the case, if people are saying we want him to play Luke, then I don't think it's Luke. Um, you know, the other tie-ins, I mean, people are talking about – we've talked about the idea of Mace Windu potentially still being alive, still being somebody. It would make sense. He would have been there with Grogu. Now that we're actually going to be with Boba Fett, think about if it was Mace Windu that were the one uh, to come out. Because yeah. I do believe yeah. that we will see somebody come – at the end of season eight, or excuse me, in episode eight, the end of this season, for him to call out, I think he calls out now, and then that they come in and help. Yep. In obviously, in 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 what seems like it's almost feels like Suicide Squad, the movie, right? Like we're gathering all these band, this band of kind of like degenerates or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be Bo Katan and Boba Fett and everybody, and we're all going to be, you know, and we're going to go get Bill Burr's character Mayfield, right? We're going to spring him from prison. That's what it seems like in this next episode. Um, and so I do believe there will be some sort of a Jedi or some kind of intervention. And where I actually go with this, I I feel like it is most likely. Um, Leia, actually. I think it would be really interesting if it were Leia that felt it in the Force, and then that way there could just be, say, X-Wings dispatched, uh, you know, or, or something to help us as we try to break into, or, you know, there's a space battle or something in Moff Gideon's uh, ship is probably going to be the end of the season. If you do it with Leia, it gives you that New Republic tie-in. Makes her character obviously more in tune with the force. We know she's force sensitive, and you know, and and, yeah. and and can and can use it. And it's so interesting because 
you know, they, they talk about in the sequels about how she doesn't use it and she turns herself off from it and stuff like that. But we, we know she trains with Luke for some time. Is she still training with Luke at this time? You know, we, we, we don't know. We don't know exactly how long it is. Um, so it would be cool. And then you could say have X-Wings dispatched. Um, and then it, then that, that brings in the new Republic more. They talked about it again, that the new Republic can kind of are in control of the outer rim. Um, and so I think you could do it that way. Um, oh gosh, somebody sent me a message. It was either give them a shout out Larkin Briley Mm -hmm. or Matthew Perry, um, our, our listeners who said, I I think it's Matthew Perry. So I want to give him credit if it it was him who said, like, imagine if at the end of the season, we obviously don't see Luke, but we just hear like, you know, red, red, you know, red five, (laughs) like, and we see these X-Wings and we see these X-Wings coming in to help them out. And then it's, and then and then and then that's the route they go. So I mean, so who, what do you think? Who who do you? Yep. I mean, do, how do you think it's going to go? With somebody has 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 felt. I'm sure somebody out there has felt that that beacon from Tython. So I think we're going to talk about this later. But like my my, I used to think it was going to be a Jedi. I used to really think it was going to be uh, Luke or not Luke, but maybe like they're going to bring in a different character. They could do anything. Yaddle. Who freaking knows? Right? You bring in somebody, surprise us. Uh, and, and just go crazy. But I'm now starting to think there's nothing wrong with what Grogu was doing on the Seeing Stone. That was a good moment and, and a good connection for him to the Force. I think he, you know, then feels good about that. They totally foreshadowed in the beginning of this episode Din saying, I can't train you, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're too powerful for me to train you. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so sure anymore. I think maybe that's ultimately where we're going to go. So I wanted to say that first. You and I both talked about that, and I, you, know, you want to say more on that later because I've had the same the same thought. Um, so Leia, your point on Leia, I you know she does right after Return of the Jedi, according to the Rise of Skywalker, she will lay down her lightsaber because she has a vision while she's training with Luke. Now what? They don't give us an exact... It seems like it's fairly close to the end of Return of the Jedi. But she has a vision. And then again, the whole thing is someone's going to pick that saber up later. Uh, Luke gives it to, to Rey. The whole thing is going to be needed. Right? So that's pretty cool. But I still think she totally has the ability to... Like, her force ability is something she she's not she's not cutting herself off from that. I mean, she can still hear a, a, like, like a call like that. In Legends, she could sense her brother around the galaxy she knew when luke was in peril they would ask her is you know i wonder if master luke's okay and she would say he is the same way that she did in return of the jedi when han is there he's like i'm sure luke wasn't on that thing and she like looks and thinks no he wasn't because that's her force power that's what we see her doing we see master skywalker luke skywalker doing things that are uh, you know extremely you know uh more lightsaber based and more just like raw power and stuff but she is in tune with like the spirit and and essence and like that um, sort of far reaching force ability, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that actually makes it a lot like a lot of sense. And while we're in this whole, we, if we're gonna recast Luke Skywalker, why not recast Leia? I mean, there's no reason you couldn't do that. I, it's, it's totally uh, I, off the top of my head, so, I can't remember her name, but her daughter. I mean, my God, she looks just like her. I mean, she yeah. looks. I mean, she looks just like her. And they have done the CG thing. Maybe that's a route they go with if it is something where um, you only need them for like a scene or two. So, um, yeah. who knows? Right. Yeah. And so, so for me, so more likely, I do think if there, if I have to play this whole like, I think someone's going to show up. Because, I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, Din, and he's got the Beskar spear. 
You know, he's got, it looks like mm-hmm. he's ready for some showdown. Looks like he's going to take care of his own son, right? He's going to go mm-hmm. rescue his son and he's going to take him back. And it's like, I don't think so. Now, if a Jedi shows up and helps out in some way with these uh, dark troopers, I still think the door is open for people like Kyle Katarn. I still think Luke Skywalker is an option. Um, I still think, um, gosh, according to, from what we know in canon, Yaddle and, 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 you know, someone like that, someone we've never met before, a brand new character, Mace Windu, for crying out loud, if you want to. That would be nuts if they did that. That would be such a, you talk about the most jam-packed season full of just reveals. That would be so insane. But, um, you know, it's possible. And so I'm not throwing anything out. I'm just more so leaning towards, like, I think that call that went out in the force is going to come back in season three. I think we're going to be like, oh, like, you know how they do that recap before every episode? I think we're going to see a recap around episode four or five or six or seven of season three, and they're going to show us Grogu Mm -hmm. calling out in the force, and that's when it's going to matter. I don't think in this season it's going to... It's going to play. That might be the case. Yeah, and that's just my thought. I mean, I originally thought, like, actually, I didn't think we were going to be on Tython this episode. I thought we were going to get to Tython. Like, I thought they were going to build us to Tython, for a big reveal like what you and I were talking about. But since they didn't do that and we moved right past it and Grogu was gone, I think it's it's all about now getting him back. So we use all the players that we have to get him back. That whole beacon thing is set up for something down later. the line. Yeah, which is going to be big. It's going to be huge, and it's something I think we're going to be talking about at the end well, of we season did. two. We did. You know? We did obviously have have the thing last season that sets up the, this episode. In fact, uh, and actually, right. let's um, well, let's let's uh, let's dive into the chat here really quick, and, and I just want to read some read some of the comments here. I'm um, going to hear from uh, Lakers Shone says, big a question I can think of is who did Grogu contact? Uh, so what we're talking right now, he said, says it possible every couple episodes a new Jedi is going to roll up and say, I got the signal. So that would be. Yeah, <laughs> oh, know. my uh, gosh, that be, dude. That would be sick. Uh, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> Matthew Perry, Slave One Blew My Mind. Mandalorian. Uh, Martin Windu. Yeah, he's somebody else who's saying Windu, possibly Ahsoka. Again, I, Windu's huge. I'd be, um, I'd be for it. I would be all for it. Um, but yeah, honestly. I want I want to hear Palpatine's voice say Jedi. Yeah, um, Mando fighting Moff Gideon <laughs> next episode. Yeah, may uh, I? I think maybe I'm thinking maybe the final episode. Yeah, just um, and I and I I do have some theories about that. But um, yeah. okay, as let's move uh back into n- uh, another point here, which is uh, we see in this episode Slave One, Boba Fett and Finnick Shan, Finnick Shan back from the dead, Boba Fett back, you know, from the dead. I mean, we obviously we saw him at the en- um the end of episode 1 and then that does confirm the rumors, uh, you know, the the theories and speculations of last season with Finnick Shan, you know, dying, but now she's obviously saved thanks to Boba Fett. Um and uh, that it was him who was walking up uh, to find to find her. So really, I mean, there's so many questions. But first, we can just start with initial reactions, thoughts yeah. um, on on Bob on seeing Boba Fett in live action, just being an absolute monster. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's it's crazy. And actually, I'll, I want to give him super credit because 
Um, I, uh, Star Wars theory. I mean, he's talked, he was taught, I was watching his, some of his videos today. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking of like, he was like, literally it brought tears to my eyes because Boba Fett is such, uh, one of his favorite characters. Yeah. And it's something that it's like, people have wanted this kind of a thing for years. And really, I mean, the things they did today, uh, with this were absolutely amazing out, even outside of just the original, uh, just the initial, like here's Boba Fett being awesome. Um, I mean, uh, Jango Fett as is now a foundling. Um, yeah. Jango yeah. Fett, Jango Fett is now a foundling. Um, and there's actually a a comic which I had read earlier this year, which was um, Jango Fett Open Season. Uh, we were do I was posting some some strips from comics on our Instagram and and things like that. Um, and so I read this comic, and in that comic, it kind of shows how Jango Fett be- gets his armor and stuff like that. And he he basically his dad is killed in this kind of Mandalorian uh, war between Death Watch and 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 Mandalore. And he's um he's basically taken under his wing by this guy Jaster Mareel. Now, total deep cut on the Star Wars um speculate I think it was either it was, it was one of the Star Wars reddits. I'm sorry, I don't remember which one. I think it was maybe Star Wars speculation. Uh somebody broke down the Mandalorian code uh that you see when he's pointing and he's saying this is my chain code and um one of the names and it's showing the history of the armor. It says Jaster Mareel. Wow. It is so Cool, wow. man. What they're doing is um, Dave Filoni yeah. and John no. Favreau give these guys just major credit because what they're yeah. doing is is so is so amazing. So like as yeah. I mean, wh- what are your thoughts on all of all of all, you know, all of this yeah. stuff with 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 Boba and the ties to Django and. Yeah, well, uh, I dude, I just first of all, I was so pumped to see him in, in episode one to see him right at the end. And so we knew that was Boba Fett. We had a lot of questions then. You know, what was he doing? Why was he waiting around so long? I don't think we've... I think we're going to eventually find out what happened in, in, in the Sarlacc pit and how terrible that was and how those scars and everything have taken so much time to heal and how he was left for dead, essentially, and he's had to scrap and survive. You know, um, so I, have, I, I still even have questions more about why did he wait on the armor? Did he not know where the armor was? Is it a Mandalorian that piqued his interest? And he went to Mos Pelgo, and that's where... Where, where we go but in this episode i i they people would have i know they would have th- this is why this is this is why in dave we trust because boba fett has to walk on that screen and he has to absolutely own it absolutely. i mean and he did in such a major way you could not i mean he was using that gaffy stick and just knocking people out he didn't even have his armor like i said when we started the stream he once he gets like we're literally seeing him level up. He's willing. I mean, he is there. It's a showdown. He's got Fennec. He wants his armor back. It's not see. It's not just any Mandalorian armor. Okay, this this armor is decked out. It's got special codes in it. It is programmed. It is fitted to him. No one knows it like he knows it. He knows how to use it. It is literally what he has lived in for years. So outside of that, he's lethal. Outside of his armor, he is absolutely, you know, anytime when Boba Fett stepped on the pages of, of a Legends book, everything changed. Everything changed. And when he stepped on the screen here, you felt it change. You were like, this is a guy, you know, it's kind of funny because you would see Din stand off, like he had that standoff right in the last episode with Ahsoka. Ahsoka's inside fighting the Magistrate, uh, you know, uh, Elsbeth, and he's outside, you know, in, in this showdown. 
I wasn't worried about Mando at all. No problemo. I actually thought for a split second, Mando, if you don't recognize, Dan, if you don't recognize who this guy is, or if you don't respect kind of his demeanor and his stance, his posturing, all that kind of stuff, you're going to get put on the ground. Boba Fett is that level. So Din's great, and I love Din, but Din is in season two, and he has to level up. But what mm-hmm. we saw was Boba Fett put the armor on and level up. He started just laying people out when he put his armor on, and I was like, this guy, I could not believe it. I could not believe they went that hardcore with Boba Fett, and I'm so glad they did because fans are loving it, absolutely loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was amazing. Everything that we wanted to see from Boba Fett, like we're told, you know, here's the thing. We're, we're told in an episode, episode, you know, Django, Count Dooku wants Django Fett. Actually, in the Star Wars Bounty Hunter video game, which is a super underrated game, uh, by the way, you play as Django Fett. And it's basically you have to go track down this like Dark Jedi. It's basically Sith, whatever. Um, and um, that's Count Dooku is using it. Um, to to see is this guy the guy I want for the clone army, um, and so the the whole idea is that we want to make a clone army out of these super soldiers, right? And so of course Boba Fett is you know like a perfect clone of of Jango Fett, um, and then he's raised as a son, uh, and he doesn't he ages different, and um right. you know, he ages at a nor- more normal pace, um and and, and stuff like that. So, you know, see, seeing him deliver that line, you know, I'm just a simple man uh, trying to make my way, which yeah. which is great that Tamora Morrison d- gets to do that as Jango Fett as well as Boba Fett. Also, by the way, literally at one point in time, I think it was I think it might have been safe to say that most people either ranked episode one or episode two. When we just had the originals and the sequels, I think people would say that episode one or episode two was the worst Star Wars movie. I, yeah, back I when we had just those six. We, just yeah. we had the prequels and the and the originals. I think that's probably where most people would say is the worst Star Wars movie. Um, and literally in one line, it's like, wow, I now I'm like that that scene, which is just cool, you know. It's like because really in that all we see is Jango Fett get wrecked by Mace Windu, and you're like, this guy sucks. But now it's like, oh, I don't know, man, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's pretty awesome, right? And of yeah. course he's he's been beefed up in he's been beefed up in uh, Legends as well. Um. Yeah, so I, it was amazing seeing him on there just wrecking all of those stormtroopers. Again, I like the idea of a more beefed up Boba Fett. Um, is super cool. Now going forward, he I you know they've been talking about the mini series or whatever or whatever we're gonna get. I'm down for a full on series of Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. I like yeah. that he kind of healed her up. She's kind of in his debt. Uh, she's working with him, um, and that seems like a really really good pairing. Um, and actually, people were talking about uh, her attire in this episode, especially the mask she's wearing, is reminiscent of, and I'm totally going to blank on the name, um, Star Wars Episode Two: The Bounty Hunter that Jango kills, right? That's um, Anakin and Obi-Wan are chasing. It starts, I think it starts with a K, but I'm totally um, blank. But you know who I'm, you know who I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, and he, the Dar, and, and, and that's what sets them on the path to, to, to Dexter. Um, yeah, Z- and, Z- Sam Wessel. <laughs> Yeah. Zam Wessel. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so, it, it, you know, it was the people were people were talking about um, that as well. So to see Boba Fett. But now, as I mean, going forward, we're going to be with Boba Fett. And I think I think the end of the season and I think we might legitimately get. <laughs> you know, again, this is something that a couple of weeks ago you would have said is pure fan fiction. Like, get you know, this is fan fiction. That's never going to happen. Din Djarin. Teaming up with Boba Fett 
and they're going after Moff Gideon and Dark Troopers. And I think that's the reason why they why they they showed the Dark Troopers um, to show them beefed up because you're going to need these guys. And obviously, I think Bo-Katan's coming back on. We saw the Dark Saber again, um, yeah. and so I think it's going to be this the, these guys coming together to yeah. go take down to go take down Moff Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's the dark the dark troopers are a big deal, and so like that you're gonna need a team. You, you like like one. I mean, Din would not stand a chance against four of these things. Like he he just would not. So you're right. gonna need somebody who is really leveled up. And Fennec is already. Uh, she's, we knew she's, when when yeah. Callahan was trying to you know hunt her down. Yeah, I mean this is not somebody. He was out of his league. He was way out mm-hmm. of his league. Yeah. So and I do and I do like I do like that we got to see her. Be, she's you know hey we heard she's a really tough sniper. We she had some really sweet moves. There was like yes. she did, there was a, like there's a move where she like does a backflip and like shoots some guy. Yeah, it was super. Yeah. It, was, it was it was it was super cool. So, um, all right, let's dive back into the chat here. Uh, just see what some people are saying. Yeah, more of a uh, they're talking about the dark troopers, more of like a cyborg than droids because I do think I think they're kind of more like grievous actually, right? Because they obviously for them to be kind of imbued with. With force powers, they're going to need something, um, uh, you know, or or organic. Um, Mando's uh, fighting Moff Gideon. I, yeah, I think that's coming. He does have the spear, which is what we're going to what we're going to talk about next. Um, so let's dive into that. As the Razor Crest is gone. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> gone. Yeah, gone. Uh, d- yeah, Dunzo. And that's something uh, Mandalorian Martin actually said, will Mando get a new ship? Yeah, I. Uh, we're going to have to, right? I mean, we're going to have to get a new ship because it is done. I could not believe it. You know, it's actually, I went back and I was, I was watching it again. You can actually see the spear, the Beskar spear, flip up in the air and fall down. <laughs> oh, I did not funny. notice that. Yeah, they, they make sure that it, like, you know, shoots up in the air. And, like, it, I mean, again, the, the main impact was... The, the Razor Crest took it, took it all. I mean, it, you know, right? Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't believe that. You know, I just had that epic moment where I was watching Boba Fett do something really cool. I was like, "All right, cool. That feels good. That feels good." And then you hear, you actually hear the shot mm-hmm. before you see it, and you're like, "What? What was that?" You know, you hear the shot, and you're like, "Oh shoot!" Uh, Razor Crest gone, just absolutely gone. And you know. That's too bad. I, I hope we're going to get like a Razor Crest 2 or something, or we're going to figure out like, you know, back in the day with Boba Fett, you had Slave 1 and then you had Slave 2, and so that was kind of cool. We get to see ships evolve and things because the transponder code, you know, being sort of off of the radar, the Razor Crest could do that being as as old as it was. Now he's going to have to register. I mean, he's going to have to... He's going to have to get a new ship, yeah. Or make some special modifications or something, you know, to fly under the radar, but... uh yeah, I I thought I was I I lost it. I couldn't believe that happened. That was the tragedy. Yeah, that was, that was. the tragedy, <laughs> right? I mean, so that's crazy. Yeah, but the Razor Crest, um, Gonzo. I think he's gonna get a new ship, though. I really, I mean, he, he, I think he has to. Um, and I don't think he's gonna. I don't know. You know, I was thinking like we're we're fighting Moff Gideon. Are are is he gonna take something from them? But you do you wouldn't want that as as um, you know, a right. guy like Din. I think you you want something that's. Not going to draw a lot of attention, but yet has some maneuverability right. and things. So we'll see. Right. So yeah. So yeah. Who? Yeah. So who? Who? Who knows? Who knows what ship he's? Uh, he's he's going to get or where we're going. But hey, he's he's roaming. He's hanging out in, sl- in, in Slave One right now. So that is. So I know. Now I will say when Slave One was going up and he's like tracking him. Um, uh, I was you know I was just thinking how do they not see him? Oh yeah, well because it has stealth you know that's right they can't tag. see they i mean they didn't they didn't yeah. show it they didn't, they didn't say show it, it that yeah. but i was yeah. just kind of like oh i feel like that's 
that's that's, that's definitely totally it. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely that's definitely what's going on here. Yeah, I'm glad. You um, that. all right, all right. Uh, a couple comments here. Kirk Spicer, Boba Fett is like a max level RPG character helping out a level five character. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was one hundred percent. That was one hundred percent. What yeah, you know, what what it was like. Uh, okay, as uh, let's move on here. Um, I think I can, we can skip past uh, that. We already kind of talked about it. So we get back to the ship. Moff Gideon's ship, and we go into we we go into a room, and Baby Yoda, Grogu, is using the Force. Some people are saying dark side powers. He's doing some Force chokes. He's just right. throwing. He's throwing guys around. Um, we see Moff Gideon kind of you know taunt him a little bit. He talks about. Um, you know, like you're not strong enough for this yet. He shows them the dark saber. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not good enough for that yet. And then he says, "Hey, Doctor Pershing, let Doctor Pershing know that we have our, our, our guy back." Um, but because he was kind of asking about the lightsaber, saying you're not strong enough for that yet, do you think that he has other plans for him outside of just whatever cloning or whatever it is that they're doing? Uh, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I don't know if it was just a taunt, you know, was he just saying that to kind of say like, look, you're nothing, you're a pipsqueak, you know, have, have a seat. Um, or is it that he's going to try to turn him in some way or use him, control him? You know, that's the thing, uh, you know, towards, towards the end of Palpatine's reign, they were working on some pretty crazy cloning technology, cloaking technology, uh, manipulating of the mind you know, compulsion sort of stuff. So, like, it could be that they are going to try to do something in an experiment where um, he's he's altered in a way that he is controllable. I mean, that's the whole Order 66 sets the precedent for all of that and that you can put a chip in there and flip a switch and they are controllable. So that would be wild if he did something like that, and that would be a struggle for us, I think, to watch. I'm already struggling with the fact that he's not within, you know, so... But yeah, it was interesting. I I I more saw, by the way, just like the whole force power thing where he's tossing stormtroopers, survival, just yeah. straight survival. I, I I didn't see him calling upon any. Uh, I know we have a, a transmission that's going to talk about that, and I I love people's thoughts on that because he is force choking somebody. I mean, he, you can see him force. Well, choking Luke does his, in episode six. Force, force chokes that Gamorrean, doesn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, he is. Uh, so does. like, you know, but um, and I don't know. I I've never really um, I. The whole force choke thing, is it a dark side power, is it not? Yes, it is more so uh, associated with the dark side than it is the light side. And so, yeah, he's calling. But when you're untrained, you know, one of the things that uh, Qui-Gon often would say to Obi-Wan in the some of the Legends books or any, any of these, even like Jedi Apprentice books, well, Obi-Wan, a lot of people think in episode one, he goes to anger. Like he moves to, an, like he he draws to upon beat, almost to defeat the Darth dark Maul. side. I mean, like. In a sense, his emotions took over, and he became very emotional. And um, it actually, he overpowered Darth Maul, but he, because he was unbalanced, he loses, well, almost loses that fight because he went to raw emotion and didn't stay centered and balanced. So, yeah, anyways, um, I think that's sort of what Grogo's you know, doing. He's just so panicked, and he's fighting. You can see him, he's wore out. He's just tossing them, tossing them. Two more people walk in, and he can't even quite kill those stormtroopers. He right. just knocks them out, knocks them out, then they slowly get back up, got to knock them out, knock them out again. So he can't even really um, 
fully, you know, take him out. So yeah, yeah. I I thought I thought it's good. Um, we we thought it was going to happen. I thought maybe this season would end with uh Grogu getting captured and then that's oh that's the big cliffhanger for next season um some people are saying hey maybe uh even even our youtube chat here people are saying maybe it's we this this jedi comes out of out of hiding or whatever and then din has to say goodbye i think that might be where we're headed um to 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 be honest and of course i think i do think they will obviously they'll obviously get back together um you know and and something like that but just because they, they they've been hinting at that a lot um, and so that's, that's def that's definitely a possibility, but really quick. I mean, we got to give a shout out to Juan Carlo Esposito, who, huh. you know, who, who is Moff Gideon because yeah. they, he is, he is, they are doing an excellent job of making him a great star Wars villain. He yes, is becoming, he is becoming just an absolutely amazing star Wars villain. And, and relatively he has not had that much screen time. Yeah. Um. And so I he he has he has done such an excellent job at, at at being Moff Gideon. Um. And I think Moff Gideon going forward, you know, years from now, um, when we get you know more books and 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 comics and things like that, I mean, he is somebody that is going to be expanded upon a lot. Uh. You know, yeah. and and we'll get we'll get backstory of him. Um. And just really cool stories. And I was just like, he's so good. He's so menacing. He's like he's like that. Um, gosh, you you don't know, you just don't know. You know his his facial expressions, everything is it's so good. It's so different too than you know, obviously Vader or or Palpatine, who are just you know sort of almost more monstrous, right? You know, and and just so overpowering. Where he actually, and it seems like this is where we may be headed. Uh, you know, is is closer to somebody like a Thrawn, where he is more of a. You know, Thrawn is obviously more tactician is, you know, and and, yeah. and 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 Thrawn is more like I'm so Thrawn's is different because he's like, I'm so smart. I, I could just outsmart you. Um, whereas he, this guy is a little more like iron, you know, iron fist, uh, you know, in, right. in, in, in a way. And he's he's just such an excellent villain. I, I watching that scene. Um, obviously, I'm like, I swear to God, if you lay a freaking finger on yeah. Baby Yoda. Okay, yep. <laughs> I mean, and, and Darksaber got pretty close. Got the Darksaber got too close. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, he's just he's ah oh, he's he's such a good he's such a good villain. Yeah, he's honestly he's he is extremely good for Star Wars, and that is the whole point here. I mean, all, we got a name drop of Thrawn, right? But we're already like, all right, we'll get to that later because Moff Gideon is in our face, and we have to deal with him putting a tracking device on the Razor Crest destroying it by the way that was a great move i mean that that right there just sort mm-hmm. of said nope i'm not messing around with you and boba fett's like i gotta get back to slave one now before they do some different type of scanning and they find my ship as well um so so yeah i mean and he's, he's working on different experiments he's moving them in in a direction you know i noticed in the episode boba as he is, is as he's headed up and he's following the dark uh troopers he's realizing he comes back to fennec and he was like the empire's back yeah, that's that's the way he phrased it. They're back. And you're like, well, now, wait a second. We've read and we've seen in, in, in video games and we've seen some stuff that that is hinting that between that there were holdouts and different, you know, factions that maybe. But to him, it seems like if you're going to coalesce behind someone, it's Moff Gideon. Like Moff Gideon seems to be the one who is maybe pulling different strings or working from the shadow. I don't really know how big or how far reaching his unit is. But right now he is the big bad for the empire 
Yeah, so. which is which is good. And you know, and I, I assume at some point we'll get more of Boba Fett. But if Boba Fett has been on Tatooine this whole time, which again is so bizarre, because if he obviously still has a ship, I thought maybe so that's what the thing. I thought maybe we'd have to go back to Tatooine because I just thought, how is it? How does he not get his armor back if he has a ship? You know, what I, mean? I yeah. thought maybe Slave One's gone. And that would explain, okay, it's, it's going to be hard for him to rebuild and, and all this stuff. But he's had his ship, so I, I don't know. But maybe he gets his jetpack back, and maybe it was somewhere. Who knows? Who knows? You know what I mean? Um, but so yeah. that is definitely – but so if it is, then that's the case that he's been on Tatooine this whole time. For him to see all the Empire's back, he wouldn't know because we saw with Cobb Vanth um, – that oh hey you know we uh when we we heard the news out here and then it's just been tatooine business since then yeah it could be yeah uh, yeah, yeah it could be you know i my, my thought on that was that and i kind of said this in one of our initial reactions was he probably what he's he's healing he may not have even have known because someone brought up in the chat actually that the um you know did he know where, where the jaw was sold it you know, if they right. sold this and they picked it up, was he tracking Jawas and then they didn't give up the information or he didn't know really where it went from there. And you can see Mos Pelgo's off the map. Although it's odd because they seem to make a correlation between that crate dragon uh, eating uh, or consuming, although a like Sarlacc, a Sarlacc, but I'm not so sure we were in the same spot. Right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, yeah, and I'm so yeah, that's, and that's I'm and I'm wondering. I was also thinking maybe he went into like a coma, or you know maybe it's not like oh you go into that star like and you're dead immediately. You know maybe it's like one of those like slow digesting things. I mean it's obviously out in the middle of the freaking desert, so maybe it's like a Venus flytrap, right? You know it takes a while. You know just slowly kind of um, do that. So. Um, okay, uh, dive back into the chat here. Um, is it possible Grogu was downloading a giant info dump slash training, much like Neo in uh, The Matrix? I now know Kung Fu. You know, is it? Oh, I love that. I love that because that could be the, you know, we see him doing things at the end, more, way more movement than we've ever seen. You know, like a reach out here, a throw here, or there, and all that kind of stuff. And so you're like, oh, okay. That's more than I've ever seen Grogu do. Um, but is he just tired and exhausted? Like, what did that take while he was in the portal, while he was there? Did did, did that take some energy from him? He immediately lays down and is tired um, and, is, and is exhausted. So, yeah. and I think there's something going on. You know, I think every time he uses the Force, he does seem to just wither a little bit. And um, there's either a block or... He is just drawing too much in, and he's not able to handle it. He's not trained um, to to a level where he can properly manage that much that much of the force, you know. So that that was interesting. I love that idea though that he all of a sudden, all of a sudden, some of his training has come back. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe That's he's cool. maybe he's now re. The force has awakened, right? You know. Maybe, oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Literally, I mean, Tython. <laughs> like, like here what? we go. There's the beacon. Um. Okay, uh, so uh, all right, let's start diving into some of our transmissions here. So you, again, you guys have just been, you guys have been, it's 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 amazing to see the the amount of the amount of just comments and engagement you guys are doing. It's uh, it's literally it's it's overwhelming in the best possible way. By by the way, so uh, this was a comment um, as on uh, I think your initial um, sort of 
uh, video you posted today. Uh, and this is this comes to us from Broken underscore Artist 98. Django Fett being a foundling does make sense and fits into the new Disney canon. It's kind of a loose connection to his Legends origin where he was a farm boy on Concord Dawn, a Mandalorian-occupied planet. His family was killed by Death Watch but saved by the true Mandalorian leader, Jaster Mareel, and was then indoctrined into the faction. Uh, he says, I got a theory that Django became resentful of his uh, clan's cultist traditions and decided to go be a simple man and try to make it his own way through the universe, which would actually sort of mirror maybe what uh, Din is going to do, but also maybe kind of on the on the other side, right? So, and then again, that Jaster Mareel tie, uh, it was kind of broken down on, on on some of those Star Wars Reddits that the, that 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 name is is dropped. So this was a a a, a comic uh, that was then switched to Legends, but now seems like this is some of the stuff they've in, uh, they've used, and I think it's I think it's a pretty big deal um, to kind of say Django Fett is a foundling because for years we've, we've heard that he's not a real Mandalorian and all that stuff. And actually the way that it works, if he, he is a foundling, it doesn't say retcon or change the conversation that Obi-Wan has where he says, I met a man Jang, uh, named Django Fett and pre Vizsla, correct? Right. Says um, he's not a real Mandalorian because in mm -hmm. his mind, maybe he's not because he's not a right. Mandalore. He's a foundling and foundlings, you know, different, different sort of, uh, yeah, of idea. Yeah. There's, there's different beliefs, right? I mean, that's, that's sort of the thing is you're, you're realizing that there's, um, uh, you almost get into a situation where, were you born on Mandalore? Were, were you not? And if you're not, are you then just taken in? Because I keep going back to the idea that if you're death watch or you're someone, even if you're this faction now, we know them as the children of the watch, you want to grow your numbers, right? So if you want to grow your numbers, you're going to try to, you're going to have to increase. And if you can't increase from the main body, which is Mandalore, and they there's very few people kind of, you know, coming your direction, well, you're going to say, hey, let's open this code up to include foundlings. Now, that could have been an ancient clause that was back in there, you know, during the time of the great Mandalore and all that kind of stuff. That may have already been there. We don't know. Um, because it seems like th there is a way, there is a, uh, you know, the armor lets us know that there is something set up for foundlings. There's a system, a process that is set up, and uh, we, you know, Honestly, so you you have Django right is is a foundling, and so is Grogu, right? So I mean that's yes, sort of you, those two are in the same you know lot there. Um, but I think it's because I don't know how Bo-Katan actually feels about foundlings. You know what I mean? I think if you were to ask right. Bo-Katan and that main faction, that main royal family, that group, what do they think about foundlings? I'm not so sure. Is it just like? Uh, you know, if you were from our system, you'd like like you're more important if you're from that because Concord Dawn is in their system or whatever. But it would be that they're not actually he's not actually from the planet Mandalore. So does does that matter? Um, and I think to Bo-Katan, it does. I think to that fact, that faction, it will matter that you're not from Mandalore and that you're a foundling. Um, and it, but where they have a place is with people like Death Watch and uh, the Children of the Watch. So that's where foundlings have a place. So what's going to happen to Din when he realizes, you know what? This religious zealot group, the children of the watch, are a little too far. Um, but they are following the ancient ways of Mandalore, right? The warrior's way. And that is the way of life he walks. So I kind of feel like, you know, we're, we're leading towards this is the way, as in like he is going to pave his own path. And we're, we're seeing this is being hinted at 
through Django and 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 Boba. Um, so I don't know. That's my I guess thought on it. It is still that is the whole story. That's the whole arc that we're going to be exploring for quite some time. So I don't think it's going to be clear to anybody uh, yet as to what what that means or where we're supposed to head. You know. So if people have thoughts on that, I'd love to hear you know people's thoughts and comments on that because I I'm still up for. I'm still trying to understand it more, I guess. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, we, we talked about, you know, so last season, all we heard was this is the way. This is the way um, from the armor. Uh, and and then, of course, he also has that showdown, right? Uh, in, in Down in, in the Mandalorian um, holdout there. Uh, and, you know, we're told, you know, this, this is the way by the armor. And so this season, um, it's different because we first meet Cobb Vanth who has Boba Fett's armor and he takes it off and it's, well, I just got this armor. Okay. Well, I'll give it back to you. Right. And so that's okay. That's, Oh wow. Okay. That's our views are changing a little bit. Then we hear, um, I mean, that's a big point this season because it continues, right? You see, here's a guy who takes his helmet off. Not allowed to do that. Then we meet Bo-Katan. Okay. These people take their helmet off. Where'd you get that armor? Okay. Well, it's been in my family. Oh, he's a child of the watch. Things are different. There are different viewpoints. Now we meet Boba Fett who, has his t- he's like just i'm out on my own uh you know it's like uh i guess you know technically he is a foundling i, I guess you want to say or he's the he's the the son uh, i guess if you want to go that route of a of a foundling uh, of Django fett but he has his own he has his own way which is even separate from bokatan and his and that may ultimately be the route he ultimately ends up going um, and so you, one of the things we talked about, if you go back to when we were uh, talking about the first episode and we saw Boba Fett come back, we're like, this is a big deal um, because we're trying to get Grogu, Baby Yoda, the child, to Jedi. And we've t- we've heard that they were evil sorcerers who fought against the Mandalorians. Right. And Boba Fett, obviously, I can't imagine he likes the Jedi very much. Because uh, his his run in with them involves his dad um, being being killed, and you know his right. and Obi Wan trying to fight his dad. So um, I I think what's ultimately going to happening is that this is just sort of you're in it for yourself, man. You got you got to be you got to be in it for yourself, which in a weird kind of way is Star Wars. It is it is people finding their own path through the universe. I mean, you can look at literally every almost every character and it's it is it is this this point of of there's these bigger groups that do things but then it's always these solo characters that have to find it their own way and it usually is totally different. I mean, look at Anakin's path is I'm going to go down the route that all of the Jedi say I should go and it leads him to darkness. And he tries to do it his way. And had he done it his way, things would have probably worked out better, which is why it's so much better that Luke goes down his own path. Yoda advises him, don't go, don't, you know, if you if you believe in your friends and, and all of these things, you will, you know, it, it will betray you. And ultimately, it is the thing that saves him and saves the galaxy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Darth Vader says, I'm not going to work for you like you know palpatine i'm done with you i'm saving my son and it is and then he feels redeemed look at look at uh even solo i thought i love uh what they did in solo where han is trying han is with the empire and decides i'm gonna go do my own thing and then you meet um beckett right uh, tobias beckett and beckett's kind of training him throughout that movie in sort of this this way that is the way of a smuggler don't trust anyone and he ultimately has to 
has to, you know, has to kill him in, in the end of that movie. I mean, there's tons more of these of these characters that this is their arc. This is their their arc is there's all these bigger groups, but it's ultimately about finding your path through the galaxy. Yeah, that's really well said. Yeah, it's, there's a system, right? There's there's the Jedi code, right? The Imperial uh, unit, they have their own laws, right? Uh, rebels have their own sort of beliefs. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of like, uh, like Smuggler's Guild, Bounty Hunter's Guild. We had a whole situation with that in season one um, and, and kind of going counter to what is tradition in the Bounty Hunter's Guild. So, yeah, you got to make your own way. You got to do what is right. Um, where one code trumps another, you know, the way or, or the idea, you know, Din was, was sensitive to Grogu at the time, Baby Yoda, being taken and that he was a part of that bounty that was going to turn a child, an innocent child, over to someone else. That wasn't something he signed up for, but he wasn't given information, right, that he, th- that he felt like he should have been given. I'll tell you right now, from reading, uh, from reading Legends books, Boba Fett didn't care. Boba yeah. Fett was another <laughs> level. So, I, you know, I, I also want to say, like, like, it's like, be careful what you wish. Like, if we go down a, a, a route where in which they do a Boba Fett series, get ready for, like, the scum and villainy of the mm-hmm. galaxy. Like, that's, and that's, th- there was an element of that today with him that was meant to be scary for a reason. Yeah. Because he would turn Grogu over and said, where's, where's I do, my Beskar? I do, I do 100% believe now we are, the, the Boba Fett series is, is happening after, after seeing it. And I think it's going to be him and Finnick. And I think that's great. I, I'm down. I'm super down for that, whether it's a mini series or something. And I hope it's, it's post this and it's that it's them kind of doing some stuff. And then maybe get some flashbacks as to, how uh how how they get going so yeah um let me see here let's dive back into the chat here before we move on to the next one um says i don't think ahsoka will be back until much later like end of next season or possibly season four but then we'll see her you know in like a rebel spinoff cartoon yeah i don't believe also that we are going to see ahsoka again this season yeah the only way i could see it um that the surprise would be is if ahsoka was the one who you know, she's been struggling with, like, what is she supposed to do? What is her role or whatever? And she's hunting Thrawn. The only way I see it working would be is if she sent Grogu to that seeing stone and the Force somehow then said, you know, and all of a sudden she felt like a call um, and specific to her or something, even though she already encountered him. And it would have and to be told like the, them to, And told them to go there. Yeah, and it, it, would, it would be like the Force was saying to her that, you know, quit resisting, that is your path. But it didn't seem like that that at all from Ahsoka. It seemed like... She was very much, um, you know, set in the fact that he's not to be trained and that's not to not to be me. Or if it is, it's going to be someone else and he needs to kind of fi- find his own way. Um, and she has her own mission, her, her, her own journey, which is to find, well, I think, right, to, to confront Thrawn and mm-hmm. uh, get Ezra Bridger out of Carbonite. Awesome. Well, hey, that that works as because that that ties me right into our next uh, transmission. So I actually kind of have two here. Um, I'm going to read them both together. Um, This is from uh, Jason Trevor sent us a uh, transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com where anybody can send us uh, uh, a transmission. And uh, we'll respond to it uh, in a YouTube video or a uh, segment on our podcast. He says, "Um, I was listening to the latest episode and couldn't wait to write in. I didn't even finish uh, the episode. So if I reiterate something you guys said, please forgive me. He says y'all got y'all have me so hyped for my favorite um, uh, Mandalorian episode so far. Uh, so this is, I think is in response to 
last week's episode, the Ahsoka episode. So it is possible. I haven't I haven't read this yet, so there may be some stuff that um, has now changed. Um, he says says the un- the unveiling of the child, you know, Grogu. Um, you know, I've always thought, uh, he's, he's, since the unveiling of that, I have always had the idea, you know, and the reason that Yaddle left the Jedi Temple was to take Grogu away from protection from the Clone Wars. Uh, since Yoda's species is so rare, it just makes sense to me that they would try to do everything to protect him. Knowing that his potential is so great, uh, and of course, the possibility of it being Yoda and Yaddle's secret child, which a lot of people think, um... Uh, what's to say Yoda didn't get uh, um, granted a force vision similar to the vision he received in the Yoda arc of the Clone Wars cartoon and attempted to protect him while he had a chance. And maybe during the scene in the in Empire, when um, Obi-Wan states that, that this boy is our last hope, Yoda states, no, there is another. Maybe he was talking about Grogu and not Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they never knew Leia had any force connection. Sure, she had uh, potential being the daughter of Anakin, but Bail Organa, you know, talking, taking with uh, Yoda and not giving them any updates, right? Um, at least Ben was observing Luke and might have seen things or sensed the connection, but Yoda uh, must have known about Grogu and knew he made it from the temple uh, possibly years prior. Uh, even to Order sixty six, yeah, we that is true. We do not know that it's like, oh, he survived Order sixty six. He he could have been off world. I mean, obviously he did survive Order sixty six, but he may have been somewhere totally different to where he wasn't like at the temple, um, and, and saved. Um, he says the introduction of Thrawn was epic. It totally blew my mind. Uh, Matt said I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. I, I, I personally don't think so um, as well. I don't think there will be much more of Ahsoka this this season, and I do definitely think we will have a live action Thrawn cameo, uh, and maybe with Ahsoka's sabers lit, staring at Thrawn, asking where's Ezra. That would be an amazing way to end season two and kick off the Ahsoka series says, uh, I'm a nurse and I'm always looking at the biology of the Star Wars universe, uh, trying to make sense of things like the cloning, the Bad Batch, Emperor Palpatine's essence transfer. I get it all and I can buy into it. Uh, but one thing that stumps me and bewilders me that no one's talking about, um, the bounty tracking fobs. How do they work and how do they know where the target is? Is there a chip implanted like uh, we do with animals? Is there a sample of the DNA? Uh, if there is a sample of the DNA, then the cloners would have what they needed from Grogu, his DNA. DNA makeup. Um, I would think Din um, would have separated him from the fob ASAP, uh, but people keep finding them. What are your thoughts? Uh, and he says, you know, I look forward to the podcast every week. Uh, he does have a second part here, which I will read. He says, sit down, buckle up, and get ready. I'm going to stir the pot. It's going to get a little messy. I was finishing, uh, you know, your recent episode and on my way to work, and I thought of some uh, different possible outcomes for Ezra Bridger. Remember, Thrawn, Thrawn came to the Empire from the Unknown Regions and says uh, there was a greater threat looming. He wanted to assist the Empire in preparing to f- uh, to fight this threat that was coming. Maybe just maybe when Ezra is in the Unknown Regions with Thrawn, he got a glimpse of this threat and it is now on board with and is now on board with Thrawn and helping him with his agenda. Maybe Ezra turns either gray or dark um, fully with time. Maybe Thrawn corrupts him. Maybe at the end of the season, it's a throwdown with Thrawn and Mando and Ezra and Ahsoka. Then the Ahsoka series, you know, uh, kicks off from there. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so, so a couple questions here. Um, you know, how is it that uh, Yoda, baby or baby Yoda Grogu was tracked? Um, how does how does that DNA sort of splicing thing works? Um, 
you know, what is Yoda's kind of involvement with Grogu? And then um, as we're going to kick off with kind of Ahsoka here and, and Thrawn and 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 Ezra. So uh, let, let's dive into the, the fob thing first as, yeah, I don't know how that works. I, I, I'm, I, I mean, I imagine if they had a small piece of the DNA, they would be able to say clone him. But uh, as we know from Star Wars, say Force Unleashed, cloning Force Sensitives is a really difficult sort of yeah. thing to do. So, right. and a lot of them don't work. Yeah, no, I, I don't. That's a really good question. Uh, you know how how they how they get close, and I don't know that all of them do have. Like, I know that in this situation we had a fob, mm. um, but I'm I'm guessing that's just something new that they were kind of doing and using, and maybe it was specific for. For Grogu, maybe it's it's done. I mean, at the beginning, he does have it with the mithril, right? He has mm-hmm. one in, in the in the first um, episode. So, yeah, you, like you would maybe, yeah, and that probably have something. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's really interesting because then why do they need, right? You know, maybe they don't have a significant amount or enough of the sample from the child. That was something Doctor Pershing was saying, right? Is that they needed more of the of the original specimen they needed more Mm -hmm. of the you know like like the living child to really make his experiment work and so whatever it was that they had stored up before that he took out of him wasn't enough so i don't know you know we don't know anything about like how the client got um the fob or how how that is attached or 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 how it works i mean did they know the relative spot or location and then they kind of say okay here's where here's where we think they're at and uh, we're going to put you in the right spot and then go from there. But he really is holding the fob right over the child. So that's that's a whole other thing. It's re- that's, that's, a great, that's a great question, actually. Um, yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's, let's dive into um, his, his, his point here about um, Yoda, Yoda's invo- Yoda, Yaddle, and, and Grogu. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with him on that. I do think that, you know, yeah, we we've talked about I've talked about this a couple times. I think uh, Grogu. I I think it's likely he was either sent off during the order, maybe saved by say Jocasta New, or he was found the next day by Yoda Obi Wan as they're walking through the temple. I'm sure they found a, a handful of kids, um, and and just kind of jettisoned them out. I now I mean I think if you're if that is if if either way, if it is um if it is say a, a situation. I think, you know, Yaddle leaves, and so I'm presuming she's still alive. And so I think that, hey, maybe they fire off, you know, Grogu to Yaddle to, to take to to take care of. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I, I do definitely believe that, um, you know, Yoda would have felt him through the Force or or something. Because, and, and we talked about this, it is interesting, why is he there in when he's found? Who like who are those people that had him? Were they yeah, holding him the, ransom? Yeah. Like, what's the deal? Right. Some group had him, but like you know, prior. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. We don't know who they are, what what they wanted. I kind of think they stole him from the empire, and the empire wanted him back. Um, that it was some group that got like, some division or whatever uh, tried to secure him and, and move him away from Moff Gideon, and I think they're also air quote bad guys you know um so that that that's a great question actually i don't know you know yaddle here's something so what they've been kind of doing is is they've been going back and forth on some of these things that are that are legends because in in legends yaddle makes this ultimate sacrifice and dies and um kind of helps you know this this uh, group of people on this planet 
sacrifices herself and and dies um, for like a whole planet, essentially. Pretty cool. That was in Legends. Now in canon, current canon, they just haven't decided whether or not that story is canon. True. You know enough. what I mean? You were just earlier talking about a Django Fett uh, comic that I think was Legends, right? Right. And now people are kind of saying, well, it seems like it's canon. It seems like it would fit. Um, and that's sort of the the issue is that they've got to almost wave the wand and say, yes, uh, that is all. Because it's, it's almost like they're, they're legitimizing a part of it, but they're not legitimizing the whole story. They're not saying mm-hmm. that that whole story does fit. Uh, so with Yaddle, it's sort of the same thing. Uh, right now, as it stands, she still is alive. It, it, as far as I could tell in my research and, in, in, you know, where we were on Wikipedia and just um, – you know, looking at comics and trying to look at resources and stuff, she is alive. So that's why I keep kind of throwing her out there as an option, even though in Legends she died. Now, sometimes Legends will take precedent a little bit, and they'll say, you know what, hey, look, she's gone. We're eventually going to work towards that direction. But did they leave it this way so that way we, you know, we could, uh, did they know they were going to eventually go down this path of Yoda and his and his people? I mean, yeah. Well, keep keep in mind they've also potentially taken something that is actually canon and changed it, right? Like Cobb Vanth. Did they expand on it? Did they change it a little bit? What we get in the book yeah. is slightly yeah. different than the story we get there. So, um, so who knows? Uh, so I mean, Dan and Dave, or Dan and Dave, Jesus, Dave and John uh, yeah. <laughs> are uh, are just are just they get. It seems like they get. Hey, they get to make it however however they want. So, um, right. So um, uh, I'm down. So um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's move on to his, his final kind of point here about about Thrawn and the unknown regions, and then actually we have another another transmission um, kind of about uh, about about Thrawn that kind of turns into a, an Ahsoka thing after that. So um, just really quick here, to just to kind of rehash it. The idea that Ezra and Thrawn go into the unknown regions, they are faced with whatever 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 threat is out there that Thrawn knew and maybe Ezra decides to help Thrawn. Yeah. Uh that would be interesting. You know, what we see in the in the in the uh Thrawn novels, there's a uh, an alien species called the Grisk and they seemingly are almost like a step down from they just seem like ominous the and they seem kind of scary. Yeah, like a step down from the Yuzenvong and I think maybe the Yuzenvong might be um, something that that is coming, I would I would be all for it. I know some people don't like that story arc, but I well maybe they just change maybe they um, change it and now these will be essentially the using improve them yeah improve upon them make them better uh, that that whole thing would would be fine with me. But I do think it is likely that um, you know because Thrawn Thrawn definitely is is almost like he makes it pretty clear and Timothy Zahn does this in his novels he makes it clear that Thrawn is in and he's with and he agrees to join the Empire to further serve the Chiss ascendancy that he is actually doing the old, he's making a sacrifice and he is serving everyone by helping improve the empire. And then when he sees the, he sees it as the only organization and group that could oppose a potential threat. Um, now I don't know, you know, they've hinted at these grisk. I don't think they're that big of a threat quite, quite frankly, but maybe there's more to them that we don't know. And that's, it gets all vague and we're not really, really sure um, his one of his former lieutenant Eli Vanto is out there helping them learn more about Skywalkers and why their female their females are the only ones who are force sensitive and why their force uh, ability stops at the age of like like as teenagers like they're force sensitive they have young navigators who are like children on starships 
navigating them through the unknown region. It's that difficult to kind of get through. So there is some major, major mystery in the unknown region. And I think Ezra's going to come out there and he may be able to help Eli Vanto and may, may be able to help Thrawn figure out what, what the heck is going on out there in that region. And we can kind of go from there. Um, I don't know, though. You know, I kind of think that... Um, I think the first thing that Thrawn did was imprison Ezra Bridger. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he put him in carbonite. You know what I mean? I, like, just straight up, just, you know, froze him. Um, because he's dangerous. I mean, he look what he did. I mean, he... I think if you have the chance, you're done with him. He took you off the chessboard, as we say. And so, Ezra really may be in a pickle. Like, I don't think he's been able to to do anything with the force or make any moves his final move was to to take Thrawn uh you know away um but I don't know like like why didn't Thrawn then just come right back right so then Ezra probably is doing something out there to keep Thrawn away that's the big question for me is why didn't Thrawn once Ezra took him away bring him back or why didn't Thrawn just step right back in was it Ezra that was that was harrying him and kind of keeping him away from this conquest, or did he say, "Okay, I see, like, like it. Uh, n- no longer can I move forward with my Tide Defender project. All the projects I was working towards in Rebels are at an end because now I've been moved off the chessboard. Palpatine's moving forward with um, Stardust Project, Stardust Death Star, moving forward, and that's where they're that's where they're headed. And they even built a second one. So Thrawn would not have been happy with that, and." He may step back in here and try to, to try to gather the Imperial Remnant and and get them together and ready to go, because um, he almost needs a, a more ruthless organization. I, I think the politics and look at what happened with the New Republic—they were not ready to face the First Order. Leia had to create the resistance because they would not, you know, get their stuff together. They couldn't do it. Um, gosh, uh, Grief Karga is already saying it. He was like, "Look, he's like, look, what makes the New Republic think that they can patrol?" and control the outer rim when the when the empire couldn't as big and as vast and as powerful as the empire was they had little to no control out there they could control a few worlds and they were definitely a uh, presence to be reckoned with but like that's where the scum and villainy lived and that's where they did all the black market was um because because there was such a you know the the empire had diminished the further you went out i mean it was just becoming more and more uh, I was weaker and weaker, and it, it, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I I like this idea that that Ezra could join up with Thrawn. I love it. I think it's possible, but I also just think something kept Thrawn away from the conflict, right. and I don't know what that is. I do like the I do like what you said about uh, the Grisk. Is that what they're called? Yeah. The the yeah. the Grisk potentially being a. a I, maybe that maybe they're the new version of the the Yuzin Vong. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you're going to do something bigger. I, I hate to I hate to kind of say this or or diminish it, but the Yuzin Vong is kind of a super nerdy name, uh, and I feel yeah. like it's a lot easier to make them, especially yeah, um, you know from from they they're almost like that sort of like White Walker, um, you know, like Halo. You have the Flood, right? Where these sort of just like high, you know, they're just monsters, right? They're not like super, you know, it's not like they're like same level intelligence, you know, all that stuff. You just need these kind of like big, massive horde orc army, essentially. Um, And to do that, and I think it's a lot easier to give them like a one syllable name, the Borg, 
right? The Borg, I yeah. mean, obviously the Borg are totally different because they're like ultra intelligent, but he, it's something very similar. It sounds more menacing than Uzen Vong. Uzen Vong is like, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's too nerdy. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it, no, it's, it's too much. It, it's, it is. It's, it's, it is. I, I'm actually probably saying it differently than other people say it. Like I've heard it said different right. ways. And so, but uh, yeah, but, but either way I'm with you and I, I, I think it would be good because there's time to fill. I mean, there, there is gaps oh. to fill in, 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 in Star Wars right now, you've got like a span of, you know, 20 years that you can just do pretty much about whatever you want with. Um, so, you know, it's it's super cool. Why aren't the Mandalorians involved in the sequel trilogy? I mean, yeah, exactly. There's, why there's aren't they? Be, why, right. why, 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 are, why are they not? I mean, it's it's possible they are, but, but who knows? Maybe it's because they're dealing with their own stuff. And maybe they are no longer allies to the, you know, New Republic slash now resistance. So um, we, will, we will certainly see. Um, okay. Um, uh, back to the chat here. Uh, Kirk Spicer says, I think Thrawn's mysterious threat is something that will come up again in a later series. Yeah, it ultimately depends on when we get Thrawn. Which I, I don't think, I definitely don't think we're seeing Thrawn this season. Def- definitely. No. Uh-uh. D- d- definitely don't. But speaking of Thrawn and uh, Kirk, we actually his, his transmission is actually next. As okay, cool. says, um, hey, this is Kirk uh, sending in a second transmission. A few responses. Um, I'm so glad Ezra brought up the Yislamari. Yislamari. Yeah, yes, that's how I say it. Says, yeah, I hope they reintroduce reintroduce them into canon since we know that Thrawn is apparently in hiding what if he is on uh, Merkir uh, to hide from Ahsoka and other Jedi what if he and Ezra crashed onto this planet um, where Ezra couldn't use the force and Thrawn and his men had a new upper hand against him so many possibilities on the discussion of who might show up at the Jedi temple so this was again sent to us before um, obviously uh, this episode but it's these some of the, a lot of this still oh, works. still applies yeah yeah um what if it's not even a jedi i'm surprised neither of you brought it up but what if mara jade shows up when grogu calls out um you may not read this transmission until the show has already been released which, which is the case and i do believe we did actually in a couple of youtube videos mention uh mara jade um but how much of a twist would it be if a dark jedi is who shows up this is also along the same lines i think they should also introduce the Talon card into the Mandalorian. If you don't remember, he is basically the informer information broker in the Star Wars universe. I think this kind of show is the perfect place to introduce reintroduce that character. Says for my long term theory, I think uh, that after a few seasons, the Mandalorian is headed to a final confrontation between the Imperial Remnant and the Mandalorians. I think the New Republic will join the fight, maybe too late, or with final reinforcements. I don't think Thrawn or Gideon are currently working together, so they may be allied in the fight, or Thrawn may be a wild card in the mix. Where the Mandalorians think the Empire side has a bunch of uh, reinforcements show up, but then Thrawn turns on Gideon. Also, the allies that Din has made over the series will come together and help him in the end. Um, and then when all of these groups show up, it may be a much more satisfying version of what the Rise of Skywalker tried to do. Again, this is what um, the show is escalating towards. I think Din is going to have to learn to lead others uh, because after all of his travels, he is going to have so many people following him into battle that Bo-Katan or someone will have to encourage him to step up. I also think that Ahsoka will get an animated show before the Mandalorian finale uh, that will 
uh, tie into it where Ahsoka and Sabine search for Thrawn and Ezra. Perhaps the other Star Wars shows on Disney Plus will have characters that tie into Mandalorian as well. Anyways, I'm excited for where the show is going and honestly a little disappointed that we have um, uh, that we have more behind us this season than to come. Stay safe in hyperspace and may the force be the way. Wow. Well, l- l- let me say real quick. So, Kirk, I actually love this. Um, you can totally tell that Kirk is a is a fan of Legends and has read the uh, Thrawn trilogy and, and the various uh, things. I we actually have a friend. Uh, I don't know if if, if uh, Sir Jimmy's still in the in the chat, but I think um, he and Sir Ryan we're, we're going to try to get together and do maybe a little bit of a book club in hyperspace. If ever there was a time, if ever <laughs> there was a time to go back and read a Legends book series, it's now, and it is the Thrawn trilogy. And it 100% makes sense because it's, you know, Talon Card is actually uh, like in that first book, an heir to the Empire, and um, is 100% maneuvering against Thrawn, has the Emperor's hand, has Mara Jade in his service. She works for him, uh, and he's tied into the underworld. So he's this smuggler who we also kind of like. We grow to like, and we, you know, because he's a good guy, air quote. Uh, But he, at the same time, he does what he has to do. You know what I mean? He's got an enterprise, he's got an operation here. He wants to make it work. And that's a really interesting thought that if, if Ezra Bridger is trapped on a planet where there are Yislamari uh, and the planet Merker or, or, or wherever and cannot use the force and that, that gave Thrawn the upper hand because maybe that's where they were transported and Ezra didn't expect that. And that was something that kind of, you know, you know um, I don't know, uh, diminished his force ability or just completely, negated it then cool i mean that would be wild uh so i think we should read that book series uh again because there's so many things in it that matter and that could work as you're fighting as thrawn is going to fight jedi if thrawn is going to fight ahsoka and is fighting ezra that series was him fighting luke and mara jade and how did he combat them what did he do uh, Rook was his was his right. Well, Rook, mm-hmm. wow. Rook is gone. I think now in the or and I'm not sure if Rook is gone in Rebels. I'm not sure if he died or not. But uh, regardless, like there's still a lot that we can we can kind of explore in that series that might tie in to an Ahsoka Thrawn series, the the rescue for for Ezra Bridger. I I totally think they're gonna pull and draw upon some stuff there. And and tell if you needed a smuggler like character, imagine Grief Karga. Right, Grief Karga is the guy. Forrest and Mandalorian, he's kind of got ties to the Bounty Hunters Guild and different things. That is what Talon Card was for the Thrawn trilogy. He was he was Grief Karga. So you might need a guy like that in that series. And so bring him back. Go for it. Or make right. a new guy just like him. But but still, great connection. Yeah, maybe, maybe Thrawn is ultimately going to work. Um, I don't think there's anything, there's nothing to say that when Ahsoka shows back up and, you know, Dave said that maybe that happens afterwards, but again, Ahsoka looks like she just came through the way between worlds. So there's nothing to say that that's not in the future and she doesn't pull Sabine back. So it's actually still like the present, you know know what I mean? Like how, how all that could play out. So just because he said that and whatever, doesn't really mean anything because if she is pulling her through the way between worlds, you know. Who knows right, um, right. With, with any of that? So I think at any point they could show up and say it's it's on. So I just – that is live ammo, uh, I think, is the, easy, is the easy way to say that. Um, but, I mean, what if, what if it's one of these things where maybe over the next two seasons we hear about Thrawn, you know, and we hear rumors of him, but people are like, yeah, whatever. 
And it's just kind of that slow build. And then we defeat Moff Gideon and the Empire's kind of shut down a little bit. And then maybe because obviously it's going to turn into the First Order at some point. Um, But it does kind of go through its, its own sort of stages. And then we hear and then we see Thrawn and then Thrawn is the person who emerges at the like perfect time. Once Moff Gideon and say a lot of this big remnant uh, empire imperial force is defeated and it's going to be just doing its slow build to become the first order. And then it is Thrawn that steps out because as we saw Elsbeth Morgan Elsbeth, right? She did not look like she was with the empire, right? It was different yeah. ex-military things like that. So I, I, I mean, we're going to see him. I mean, I've, you don't name drop him. To not oh, right, you don't right. you don't you don't name drop him to just have it be there and then be some sort of a thing. This is Disney. This is what they do. I mean, we heard about Thanos in Avengers. Uh, we didn't yeah. see Thanos. We then heard a little bit more about Thanos and a little bit more and saw some of the Infinity Stones. And like eight years later, we see Thanos again. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. yes. It's a slow build, and then we get to End Game, and it's it's um, amazing. It's, it's it's it was worth it. It was yeah, worth it's, it. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope that they are doing that. It's it's where I talked about Arrowverse a little bit as well. And then even, you know, uh, Marvel has done this, which is where we have a superhero who has his own series or his own movie, but yet we're not, they are more than willing to say, let's bring this guy and make a little cameo here. So Ahsoka made a cameo, showed up for one episode, a guest spot, and now she has her series. That is so cool when they do that because they're creating a universe there and they're tying then multiple series together where you could we could be watching an Ahsoka series and not have and, and be wondering about where did Din go, what happened with Din, and Din shows up. And you're like, well, there he is. And he's on some mission. We don't know what it's about, but he shows up and he helps Ahsoka at one point in her series. I totally think we, we, we can build towards that. Um, and then, yeah, I like your idea on Thrawn being this guy who is going to be the ultimate big bad. The best thing that when, when people, you know, people, I think, ask sometimes, um, I've, I've gotten this question, which is what can you get out of Legends reading anymore? Is there anything you can get? Yes, you can. Uh, they way more emphasize the presence of a Grand Admiral, okay? When a Grand Admiral shows up, it's a big deal, okay? There were not very many of them, okay? So it's not like there's just a ton of these guys or whatever. Um, there were a specific number. I think it was 12 or 13, right? And uh, somebody check me on that. I think that there's a certain number of Grand Admirals. And these guys would step on, and they were huge, like a big deal. They brought, like, fear. Uh, people were afraid. You stepped right when they showed up. So that was pretty cool. Um, Mara Jade, why is she a big deal? Because she's the Emperor's hand. She showed up, and once you realized who she was, you immediately, like, you're, as you're reading the book, the character freezes. They, didn't, they don't recognize the person on site, but once she identifies herself as the emperor's personal kind of, you know, right. like like the extension of the emperor, you freeze. And in and, and the books, you realize what a big deal that is. So there's still possibility for those agents to be out there. That's why we were like when we saw the uh, the, the the dark trooper, we, we thought, holy smokes, this is a big deal. We're going to need somebody. We're going to have to level up to face these things. Because they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I love this idea though that you're that you're driving towards, which is that we beat, we we spend a couple seasons fighting Moff Gideon, we beat him, and then I right now I tell you, if if a Grand Admiral stepped back on the stage for the Empire, they would unite just like they did in the in the in the Thrawn trilogy, they would unite behind him instantly. There would be 
no second guessing him. Right now, it's sort of like everyone's trying to figure out who outranks so and so, and it seemingly is because who has more resources, who has more mining facilities, who has more ships and resources. So, right, yeah, yeah and I'm with you. And the idea of a, of an Arrowverse, let's say, or um, you know, DC just had their big mega crossover, right, with like the super uh, Supergirl and everything, and they even brought in like old, you know, like we went to Smallville and and you know. All, all, uh, all of that stuff, and that was great. Um, and again, you know, we've said it. You know, you have to look at also what's going on in the real world, and you know, with COVID and everything, movie theaters are basically done. AT and T by the, today just announced that uh, all of the movies that they are, that are coming out within the next calendar year will be on HBO Max that day. Yeah, that's oh, wow. huge. Yeah. Like that is a big deal. Uh, that is a that is a huge that's a, like movie theaters basically died uh, today. They're like they're done where the like, movie theaters are like no longer going to exist yeah. and streaming is the future. And so Mandalorian is such a big part. I mean, it is the most watched thing on Disney Plus. It is like the single thing that most most people watch. Um, and so y- y- they're going to build it They They are going to build it. And I believe it's they're going to marvelize um, Star Wars. But it's going to be John Favreau and Dave Filoni who are going to be the ones who are like overseeing the whole thing, and it's going to be absolutely we're, we're amazing. Cool. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, with that. Abs- yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to be it's 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 going to be absolutely amazing. And then you look at where we're going with the High Republic and stuff in the books, and Star Wars is in it is in good hands. Um, we we got through the dark times. Uh, you know, of the uh, it was it was a it was a roller coaster. Uh, okay, you know. Episodes, episode seven. Okay, this is good. Rogue One. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, eight. You know, nine. So you know. So, yeah. um, and now it's just uphill, straight uphill from here. We're we're literally we got our jetpack and we're just we're going through it. Star Wars is in good hands. You know, or right right now. Sometimes things get a little, a little rocky, but you know we. Yeah, we, we we just roll with, it. and they got a good team, and they've learned from their mistakes. So shout out to they have Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy as well. Absolutely, she I has mean, put it. Mando, Mando wouldn't be hands. here. Yeah, Mando wouldn't be here for if it you know weren't for. I know we've been 100%. critical of her uh, before. Well, and, and quite and, and honestly, stuff like that. you know the, like we the thing her. is, we defend. So, so here's the other thing. I I I like I know I never want to be I never want to be the guy who says. Like, oh, that, because I, I, that's why I don't watch Resistance because I don't want to be, I don't even really want to talk about, not that it's good or bad. I haven't seen it. I don't think I'm going to be interested in it. I'm not so sure that I'm going to be able to talk about it in, not not in a positive way, but for some people, that's their in. Resistance Mm -hmm. was what they got to. Like my niece, who I'm thinking about, like, why, if I have this negative sort of connotation about, or, you know, word choice around Ray and Finn and her characters that she's always asking about, Ray, and then now she's bridging me between the child and Grogu. By the way, she still is trying to figure. She's it's baby Yoda for her, you know. I mean, she's not saying right. Grogu, um, which is fine. She's five years old, but yeah, it's a, it, that's what we've always said is that like, yeah, for us, it, it, it was well, you know didn't land. We loved the prequels because we grew up with the prequels. We thought the prequels were freaking sick, you know. But remember our age. Remember how how young mm-hmm. we were, and it was just Star Wars. We weren't nitty gritty, you know, picking apart the story details and did Jar Jar ruin thing. We weren't focused on that at all. Other people above us were. And so I think to myself, that is a lesson for Matt and I. We've always thought about this. We've talked about this off the podcast, which is that is why we will not yeah. go nuts on the sequels because 
it's still there's still tons Absolutely. of really good stuff in that. It's just there's, not what I'm going to throw into to rewatch on a Sunday. It's so. it, oh, it's not for me either. And I'll go ahead and say it. I loved and I thought it was great the animated Clone Wars series. Oh, not yeah. the CG animated. Right. <laughs> The cartoon one, in which, in which at one point, uh, Anakin says to Obi Wan, "Well, you're no Qui Gon Jinn." <laughs> like, it's like, what? <laughs> what? I mean, uh, you, look at that. Look up that clip, by the way. If you ever get a chance, just look up that clip, and it's like, "Oh no, you didn't." That's right? nuts. You know, type, that is type, nuts. Type, type, hey, I'm uh, the guy who likes type. Ewoks and Caravan of Courage, so you know, I mean, hey, yeah, absolutely, whatever. All right, as we go in here from uh, Matthew Long here, um, he says, um, hey, Ez, I've been an upper since tw uh, early 2019. I've never actually engaged with you or Lane. That's from Ez's Lord of the Rings podcast. Yeah. Um, or the group. Um, he's, you know, cause I, I, he says, I'm trying to catch up, but I'm a few episodes into the Hobbit. Um, and I plan on sending you guys some stuff soon he says, but as big of a fan of Tolkien as I am, I'm equally as passionate of a star Wars fan. All right, let's go. And he says, um, I possibly enjoy discussing it more, or maybe I just have more experience with it. He says, anyway, I just found out about hyperspace hangout and I've been listening to the first episode today. I heard you mention that you are really enjoying just discussing the force. Mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoy discussing any of the mythology of Star Wars, but in particular, I want to give you my thoughts on the nature of the Force. So this is kind of a long way. So he says, so, yeah. so forgive him. But let's do it. So first he says, um, I'm 28. Uh, so when I was seven, The Phantom Menace came out, probably uh, the prime age for that film. So now my love for Star Wars begins um, with my parents showing me the original trilogy, but I did grow up with the prequels. Uh, and during that time, I loved them. As I've gotten older, I've enjoyed them a lot less, but I do still value them for the childhood nostalgia, mainly The Phantom Menace. Especially in the years leading up to the release of The Force Awakens, I've become something of an original trilogy purist. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm not an elitist. I love Star Wars in the most general sense and can find something to enjoy in any and all things Star Wars. But for me, the theatrical original trilogy is the ultimate authority of any mythology. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, then it must harmonize with it. Unfortunately, I have found out that to be the case with. Uh, with the Force, and particularly in the story after Return of the Jedi. So my view on the Force is directly and solely defined to the original trilogy and what we have learned from Obi-Wan and Yoda. I believe the Force is an energy field that connects all living things and binds the galaxy together. I believe there are those that are born um, with either more or less natural ability to sense, interact, and maybe manipulate it, um, and that uh, in and that most anyone could, with training, engage with it in some way. I don't believe it has to do with blood or family family lineage. Luke's Return of the Jedi dialogue about the Force being strong in his family is no different than if I were to say um, a natural gift for playing music runs in my family. There is nothing in our blood that explains why someone can easily master an instrument and others struggle to learn for years. You could probably guess that I don't accept Metaclorians in my headcanon. Uh, I see it as a concept that George Lucas created after the fact, which deviates from the original intentions. The prequels for me kind of destroys the mysticism of the Force. Uh, that being said, I also don't believe there is um, there is some type of inherent morality or benevolent godlike intelligence to the Force. I don't believe the Force has a will 
or plan for the galaxy, and I personally think that the idea of balance in the Force is nonsense. The terminology is never found anywhere in the original trilogy. Now, I do appreciate that the sequels have gone to the effort of ditching the pseudo-scientific elements from the prequels and attempted to restore the mystical qualities of the Force. However, uh, they have held on to the balance thing and also capitalize on what I believe to be a fan-conceived idea of light side of the Force. Again, the terminology is found nowhere in the original trilogy or even in the prequels, and I've never been able to figure out why uh, it has prevailed in the fandom. I strongly dislike the idea that the Force is somehow um, divided into two two morals have a gray middle ground. I believe that it it is just the Force. There is simply a natural energy that binds and connects all things in the galaxy. I believe the dark side is a corruption of it brought about by evil beings who seek to use the power for control and destruction, while the Jedi seek to use it for peace and knowledge. That's it. No light side. Um, No bloodlines. No prophecies. If there is any balance to be had, I would say it comes from just destroying the dark side. And I know that this probably all seems contrarian, but I genuinely dislike most of the expansion of the force outside of the original films. I'll leave it to you uh, to your uh, discretion whether you are want to discuss this on the show. Uh, I just. I just want to have a conversation with you. Uh, so uh, please feel free to reply directly if you have the time. Well, oh, I'm, we're uh, talking about this it. This is great. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. I, I, are, you, are, you, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yes. <sighs> okay. That's a great thought. These are all great thoughts. And it's funny because we were just talking about the idea how things do change and how things evolve, right? Um, Authors rewrite, they revise things, they do things. Uh, we saw George try to remaster stuff and work on things. And what's interesting, and I, I want folks to remember this, when you think about the the, the prequels, he is talking about midichlorians and the Force inside a system that the Jedi understand. And what I what I really like and what, what I often think about is that this is the Jedi... Now, again, now the, 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 the way of the Jedi or the Jedi code, when you go back to like what is said in the originals, that's what makes it such so, like so magical, right, is that it is so mystical. You don't get all the answers. It's very vague. It's, it's, there are holes, and you're like, wait, what, is, what does this mean? Obi-Wan says that the Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. And so when you think about that, that it's an energy field created by all living things, it surrounds us, penetrates us. Um, it's what gives a Jedi his power. So you have to kind of separate the Jedi from the Force. The Force is as, that, that's, that, this is so true, like the, the Force is separate from that group or, or, or from that faction. Um, so yeah, to Matthew's point, like, Yes, the, the, like, the, like, the, like the force is um, it's neither light or dark, right? I mean, it may have these sides, these aspects. It's, it's a whole spectrum of things. And so you can say, like, like, like the code, the Jedi code is the choice that you make inside of the force. The force is outside of their code, I, I kind of think. And then you're tapping into it. So the choice that you make is what you do with that power, Um and that's the code you live by, the Sith code or this Jedi code. So I think it's awesome. It's a great conversation to, to kind of have and, and, and to think about. Uh, let me see if I can, because I always go to Obi-Wan 
you know, I always go to Obi-Wan when I want to think about what he says here. Um, yeah, if you strike me down, I should become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was, okay, this is a good one. So when he's talking, so you have to remember too, an element that's in the originals that I think is fantastic is that everything comes, and it's exactly what I just said about the Jedi. It comes from a certain point of view. And what has been tough and what people have struggled with is like, we love the Jedi. And what we're trying to be, we're, we're, we're teaching youngsters and what George was trying to teach us is that the way of the Jedi and the return of the Jedi is a good thing, right? It's this, it's this good thing. Um, but that's the choices. That is the moral code that the Jedi live by and that they would draw upon the light side of the force. I think is just sort of a, um, they're using the force for light and for good things and for, and for good deeds. Um, does it have a pull? I mean, I God, go back to the, this, this Tython conversations, the whole thing, when they've gone back to the origins of the force and tried to talk about like, what, what is it that the Jedi? So before the, Je like, and this is again, legends. And so this is outside of what Matthew's kind of talking about as we've expanded stories, you'd really have to go to George. It's really interesting to follow George's mindset and his thought on what the force is and what it means because he inside of like in the prequels he tried to put it in a box which people didn't like midichlorians and you're bringing up midichlorians and you're putting the force inside this this box or whatever but that was the way that the jedi saw it they measured it in a scientific way and they had actually lost sight of the ancient ways of the force and understanding it and seeing it and learning about it and using it um that's the whole point i think of the of the prequel um, trilogy is that, I mean, Mace Windu says it, we've lost our ability to use the force. And now does the force have its own will? I don't know. You know, that's, that's a whole nother, that is a part that I don't want. That's something I don't want ever. I don't want it to ever be answered. You know what I mean? That's one of those things you don't, that's a box you never open. Um, George, George Lucas knows the answer to that question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th I, th I believe that there is simply the force. There is no light side. There is no dark side. But it, it comes from the people who use it and what they believe to be light and dark side of the force. I think I think so often we think about the Jedi um, and uh, and I speak especially you go back to the prequels, right? It, it is more of a hey, we are the Jedi Council. We are it's this is a tradition. You know, we, we've been here for for so long and it's the Metachlorians. We believe that we actually can can tell how powerful someone is inside the force. Um, and then, you know, that he shows up and they don't even want to train him. Um, but then when you get to the originals, I, I think it's, I almost like, I almost like the idea that um, they set it up in the prequels to seem more scientific. And then when you get to the originals, no, what we were wrong. We, we were wrong in it, and it is more of this mysticism thing. And it's it's actually presented that way, you know, in, in sort of headcanon, obviously understanding in real life that it was yeah. you know, created 30 years apart. Yes. Um, but in, in, in thinking about it, if you're watching it straight through, it's almost more of this idea of, no, we were wrong. And the force is just is what it is. And it is this this powerful thing. You know, they're also talking to Luke. I mean, think about it. Obi-Wan and Yoda at that point have seen the Jedi Order fall. They saw everything that they had fall. Uh, so when they're talking to Luke, too, it's not like they have all the time to train him about metachlorians and like these super deep understanding. I mean, he gets like five training sessions and you got to, you know, you got to go fight. <laughs> you got to go fight Darth Vader. Um, now, the Sith have rules, too. Right. Like the rule of two, for example. So the yeah. Sith have rules in inside of the force. 
Um, and you know, I think the Jedi view some powers as, uh, um, you know, as as dark side powers, just because they can police them. It's easier to say force yeah. lightning. Bat, you know, don't use that. You know, that's that that that's bad. For like the idea of force choking somebody. Why would you ever, if you're using the force as a defensive thing, why would you ever choke somebody? That's an offensive. Move right. Yes. You're going yeah. to be imposing your will. So, um, well, I totally, I totally, I totally uh, uh, agree with Matt. Matt, on yeah, that. Yeah, it's if you think about the force as this power, and it's literally what Obi Wan says: the force is what gives the Jedi his power. That you can learn how to channel it, how to use it, how to tap into it, um, and that that you're you're sensitive to it, and therefore you can kind of manipulate it. Um, I mean, he goes on to kind of talk about like. So it obeys our command, right? I mean, he talks about that with Luke a little bit, and it's like, no, not necessarily. It is not right. one way. It's not like it's it's you know you can be in harmony with it, and so it's it again is even more mysterious. Um, but but yeah, if you have a bigger weapon, if you're on the dark side, why? What do they say? What does Yoda say that once you start down that path, right? Forever will it dominate your destiny? That that to take that path, what's well, power? And it's something that we see in our own world, right? When when some someone sees an opportunity to gain more power, well, they want more. Like we've kind right. of seen. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you in, don't. You don't need the force in order to go down that path. I mean, we see it in the crime exactly. syndicates. We see it in all kinds of things, and tons of people who can't, who who can't use it. So the only thing I will, the only thing I, I'm, I guess I, I think about is I do believe there is, in some small regard, some sort of godlike thing with the force. Um. Now, I think that a lot of people view it that way, like the prophecy that, that Qui-Gon gets and stuff like that. If you are people who grew up, I mean, uh, if you are somebody who grew up with that, you probably are more likely to think about it as, as some sort of like destiny or something. We see it with the Sith, too. They believe that the Force is granting them destinies as well. So you see it on both sides. Um, and I think it's just because you're, indoc you know, you're indoctrinated in it. In, in, into that and we see that in tons of things that have nothing to do with like the force or even in our own world religion right people have just been indoctrinated into something for so long that they find it so hard they just can't begin to fathom things you know in in life like i can't i just can't i how like it's meant to be it is you know manifest destiny you know all of these all of these things where it, you you build this idea up to something uh you know bigger um Iden versio cannot believe that you know the empire for her is almost a religion right she cannot begin to fathom that the death star would blow up yeah she's like i i can't even begin i can't even be believe what i what i'm what i'm seeing so um great great uh email we could totally come back uh to that but we do have just a lot more uh to get through here as we yeah. we got we got we got a hand we got, i i think i got i think i got three more and we're at uh we're we're at, we're at about two hours here guys so we said it's gonna be a long one but it's we're 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 getting through them here. So um, here we go. Uh, this comes to us from Frank. It says, "Hey guys, first off, just want to say Chapter Fourteen was amazing, and I feel like this show gets better every episode. I've been seeing a lot of people on the internet talking about Thrawn and how he will fit into the Mandalorian plot. However, one thing I haven't seen." Um, discussed uh, too much is the Grisk and how they will play into his arc. Uh, not too confident that something like that will happen in the near future, but one thing I would love to see is Thrawn teaming up with Ezra and Ahsoka and other miscellaneous heroes to defend the Ascendancy and the galaxy as a whole from the threat lurking in the Unknown Regions. After listening to all of the canon Thrawn audiobooks, I can't help but see him as a good guy. Not sure if you guys have discussed this anywhere, um, but I just want your thoughts on the topic. 
Also, he says, I've been listening to you guys for over a year now, and I recall you guys saying you uh, live near or in Columbus, uh, that both of you guys uh, spent some time at uh, the Ohio State University. He says, I'm currently a sophomore at the Ohio State <laughs> University, and I just wanted to say, go box, and I hope COVID doesn't disrupt the game next weekend. Well, Frank, all I have to say to you is, O-H. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, as uh, another 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 one here on, on the Grisk and Thrawn, um, you know, we we just we just talked about it a little uh, a little bit ago as well, but I mean, do you think that's where it's ultimately going with Ron, or do you think or do you think uh, it's going to be something else? Yeah, I I, I do kind of think uh, we are. I don't know why. I, well, again, it, people have talked about the idea that Thrawn is different in the Rebels TV show than he is in what Timothy Zahn is writing. But at the same time, I feel like they are also trying to tap into Timothy Zahn is like who created Thrawn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so he knows Thrawn. Uh, he created him. And he was so well-beloved. Uh, was early 90s. Um, that series comes out. First book, Heir to the Empire. And to bring him back, they had to, you have to trust that guy to tell a story. And you have to kind of talk to him about where you want this to go and what type of character you want Thrawn to be. Um, I know that they never thought that they would. I don't think they, you know, we, we, we would be in this spot where he's going to be stepping back into the stage here um, with, this this gap, you know, and, and he's going to be showing back up and facing Ahsoka and, and, and you know, all of this. But it's it's heavily hinted at that he is trying to prep the galaxy for something to come. And uh, but right now, the the moths, I mean, the whoever has control of, of the Empire, I think he would try to seize it. I think even if he like we just don't know what he's done with the Chiss ascendancy, if he's been accepted back uh, with the Chiss and if he has any uh, sway over over them. Then could he, you know, kind of meld them with what he gathers from the Empire? And would that be a, a big deal? Um, I, I'll bring this up because in Legends, you have like the time after what happens after when you go, someone needs to pull up like the Legends timeline and look at what Ooh. happens after Return of the Jedi. And then look at what all from the time of Return of the Jedi all the way up to when they defeat Abeloth. Okay who has ties to Mortis, like the Mortis gods, okay? Uh, She's the mother. And (laughs) it's like, so that time gap, you have a whole war between the Yuz and Vong. You have a, like the Killix. The Killix are these um, kind of um, insectoid species who who also you fight against their hive mind. I mean, you have all-out wars. You have these several trilogies where it's like, you know, Han, Leia, and Luke are wrapped up in another skirmish or another battle or another war, on the edge of the galaxy. The galaxy is massive. And to try to keep it together, these heroes had to bounce around and they had to continue just to... We just saw them in the originals, like, level up and win the great battle to to where they're now in control. Now they've got to keep it. It's taken from them. There's this back and forth. And so I totally think in these 30 years between now, where we are, nine years, so nine ABY, and with with, at the Mandalorian season one, season two, to the beginning of The Force Awakens... You can absolutely have a full-on invasion that the New Republic pushed back, that they fought against, that they were so wrapped up in, that they missed the the First Order showing up. You can totally make that better. You could actually even sell me on the idea that the New Republic was so caught up in wars and policing the Outer Rim and different places that that's why that maybe they had so many losses that they didn't want to follow Leia. When Leia said, look, the First Order's coming, they said, Leia, we've had enough. We've had enough of this. We've been fighting this great war against Thrawn for years. So 
that could be something that you do. There's just tons of time. There are decades. There are 10 years, 10, three 10-year blocks in between all of this. And I think people kind of forget that. Like you can run like massive campaigns. Uh, like what? The, the uh, episodes four, five, and six take place in a matter of four years, right? right. And so, you, you know, you, not even five. You have... Not even within not even five. Well, kind of, kind of, kind of, yeah, maybe, maybe five just because before BBY, like one BBY, and then BBY is the end of whatever, but even still, I mean, yeah, even still, it's not even a full decade. So you're saying in five years, so okay, so instead of three decades, so then we've got, you know, we've got six, six slots where you could have major arcs like you had in four, five, and six, like. Okay, I'm right. I'm in on that. That that's where you can take Grandmaster Skywalker and say, start to fill in that timeline. Go look at the well, list. Even even I mean even even look at I mean even look at the, the the period of time. I mean, look at how much story there is to tell in let's say the originals, and then tack on Rebels and Rogue One in there. I mean, Rogue One takes place minutes before Episode. <laughs> you know, like Rogue One finishes like. As you lead into episode four and look at that story, we were able to tell, um, right. you know, I mean, and that's an amazing, well-crafted, just original solo story uh, that, that that takes place and that just lifts episode four. I mean, so, yeah, you're you're 100 percent right as there's 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 so yeah. much so 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 much story to say there. And I will say really quick, um, just the difference is because uh, I'm just looking at some of the comments here, too. Uh, Kirk Kirk says uh, the current Thrawn series is partly from Thrawn's point of view. Rebels is from the perspectives of the ghost crew. Of course, there are going to be different portrayals. And remember, uh, we said this yeah. before. Rebels is targeted at a totally different audience. Right. I mean, I mean, even think about Darth Vader, the Vader that we get in four five and six uh, compared to the Vader we get in Rogue One, a much more menacing, much more brutal Darth Vader than we get in in, in in four, five, and six, right? I mean, yeah. just so I mean, you just gotta just just remember that too, you know. So, yeah. um, okay, let's move on here. Uh, this was from Larkin. So he sent us this one is before the episode. Then he sent us a follow up. Uh, and it's like, hey guys, well, you know, so so some changes here. So he says, um, but a lot of this I think is still really cool. He says, I don't think it's any coincidence that Filoni gave a 13 minute monologue about the duel of fates in the galaxy episode last season, or gallery, excuse me. Uh, it shows that Filoni is an expert in the story arc of Anakin and makes me believe that Filoni is mirroring Anakin's journey with Grogu's journey so far. There was a duel of fate of Anakin and there will be a duel of fate for Grogu. Born in the same year, two different duels from two different fates. The characters that are mirrored are Ahsoka, who now functions as Yoda, Grogu, who now functions as Anakin, and wait for it, Force Ghost Anakin, who will function as Qui-Gon Jinn. He says when appearing potentially this week that that didn't happen but yeah. i think it's still it's it's still a really interesting idea um ahsoka slash yoda just like yoda says to anakin in the phantom menace ahsoka says to grogu i sense much fear in you and i won't train you grogu slash anakin both afraid because of their difficult life experiences and attached to their caregiver which leads them to vulnerable vulnerability uh and and to attack those who might hurt their loved ones anakin with the tuscan raiders and grogu with cara dune force choke last season um anakin slash qui-gon there will be um they will both say 
to the extremely powerful force-sensitive children uh, that with the right master slash teacher, you can learn and manage your uh, feelings and fears and use them for good. In The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon dies in the duel for Anakin's fate is eventually lost. Force ghost Anakin will be will find redemption in steering Grogu towards a fate that will turn out differently and uh, complete the lesson that Qui-Gon meant to teach Anakin all along and that his son Anakin or that his son Luke eventually taught him. You can use um, your love for someone and attachment to others to move you towards good. Um, this could also uh, give a bit of credence, but to all the rumors that Anakin was going to be in the in the Rise of Skywalker, but wasn't, maybe Hayden was just around for a day filming closed set for The Mandalorian. Love your thoughts. This is the way. Larkin. Yeah, I mean, a good idea. I mean, it, the four... We still don't know. Uh, so today's episode did not really, other than the fact that we you, you thought he was going to show up today. I think we all maybe thought if we're going to see something, Force Ghost, something. Um, but there is nothing to say that we will not see Force Ghosts in the future. There's nothing to say that we won't see um, a Force Ghost of Hayden Christensen uh, in the future. Because keep in mind, there are big rumors, speculation, ideas that in the Obi-Wan series... We will somewhat get Hayden Christensen. I don't really, I don't know why, because he would be Darth Vader at the time. That, but who knows? They're they're bringing him in, so so who knows? But yeah, yeah, no, I, I like it, and and yeah, Larkin. Uh, wow, good. Yeah, it's a really good thought. It's it's like try, trying to figure out the connection because I've been trying to think, you know, about Grogu and Anakin and like how they how are they connected? What's what's the whole deal here? And Filoni totally does tee off on what Star Wars is and like why that that battle matters and he's had to weigh these issues of 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 ahsoka why couldn't ahsoka turn back vader well it takes away from, you know luke was the only one who could do that and so numerous times he's had to kind of answer and as you fill in the the arc and the story which is what he's done right he's been filling in uh we've been he did clone wars developed ahsoka rebels the whole thing he's 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 integral to that um so now he's got a story where in which it, they've told us that that's kind of vague as to whether they He's actually the exact same age as Anakin or whatever, but it's close enough for me to go. That's that's a pretty big deal. Um, I don't know, you know, if if they're going to be. I would love to see a Force Ghost Anakin. I am totally one hundred percent down for it. Um, I think they got to be careful and they've they've got to make it work. Um, it's one of the things I'm hesitant about. Even Luke Skywalker showing up on this stage, like actually showing up. I think I think I'd prefer maybe just for a voice, you know, a subtle nod, a subtle reference. Because they are playing with these character, you know, your big brother took the 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 important the the toys, the the main characters, the main protagonist. You're left with the secondary characters, and you're making a story out of that. Um, but you do already have Ahsoka there. Ahsoka is pretty big deal to me. That's probably top as top tier as you're going to get. And uh, I I can see it. I mean, I can see Grogu being almost like going through this chosen one arc and us getting to this battle over his fate and whether he's because that's what you know we started this whole stream with someone asking the question and us talking about what was Moff Gideon and what is he planning on doing with Grogu is he going to turn him is he going to try to use him for more than just his blood or for his DNA or for, or for his M count um, is there something more to that and if there is well then holy smokes I mean this is what are they going to do train him I mean like 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 compulsion turn I mean you, yeah that that right. scares me that scares me well. so that's that is that is actually a great question because that is our final transmission 
for, really? for today. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so let me let me. I'm talk, not even trying over here. That's just lining up. That's okay. <laughs> this is from uh, Joe and uh, and and Tressa. Okay. Um, says uh hey guys love your guys work uh thanks to the mandalorian video and your uh, thanks to the mandalorian and your guys video i was able to connect with a good old friend of mine um after being separated for quite some time uh we would watch the mandalorian and talk about our predictions with your guys videos but um i have a theory uh that she said was a very solid suggestion my theory is that it could be quinlan voss who answers the call. This would be a great fit when you investigate his story in The Dark Apprentice um, by uh, Christy Golden. In this story, he comes to a point where he is tempted and even goes into the dark side for a period of time. But, uh, and this is a spoiler, so just so you guys know, uh, for the book, he returns to the light side thanks to his love for another person. I think this could be a possible connection with Grogu because we see in the most recent episode he was using parts of the dark side to force choke the stormtroopers that had imprisoned him. I imagine Gideon will keep pushing Grogu until he is overcome with the dark side himself. And around this point, Quinlan Voss shows up to assist Mando in saving Grogu. He can teach Grogu how to come back to the light side using his connection with Din, making an interesting story. Again, this is just a theory, and I was really excited about it. Um, and my friend said I should reach out to you guys uh, to see if you guys would talk about it. It is an awesome connection between me and my friend. And if this comes up in a video, we could say we had a part in creating that theory. Thank you guys for so much you do in these crazy times, Joe and Tress. I hope we're pronouncing that uh, right. Um, yeah. So I have not read that book. As I have you read, I know Tom yeah. Tom Gross is from Coffee with Kenobi. We've had it on a couple times. He suggested that to us, I believe, right? Yeah, and, and here people are, this is where I've, I've fallen short. So I've read the first half, and I went ahead and read the Wikipedia page. Remember, we, I, I mentioned on the podcast numerous right. times, like, guys, I, I, I can't. I, I was unable to get through it, um, but I do know what happens in it. And so it is, it is, it's pretty cool. You know, the idea is that he is, um, yeah, he's saved. He's captured by Dooku. He, he and Ventress are, are, are trying to attack him and things. And uh, ultimately, he, yeah, he does succumb to the dark, right? He does sort of like... That's her whole thing. Ventress is ultimately saying to defeat Count Dooku. By the way, let me just start. Let me just sell you guys on that on that book for two seconds. The whole thing starts off with Master Yoda saying, "Well, Mace Windu. I think it's Mace Windu. Is basically uh, he says that you know we know what we need to do. We, we we need to take out one person, Count Dooku. And 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 Obi Wan was like, "You're not implying an assassination." Right by the Jedi to assassinate, right? Because that's not what the Jedi do, right? They're they're generals who are leading and commanding and things like that, and they're peacekeepers. But Master Windu, to to he's insinuating that one of us on the council would would assassinate and kill, like like go undercover and kill Dooku. But that's exactly what they needed to do. And Yoda walks over, looks out over Coruscant. They all meditate in the Force, and Master Yoda says. You know, he, he basically agrees with Windu. He says, yes, Dooku must be eliminated. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then they bring in Quinlan Voss, right? And Quinlan Voss shows up, and he's, he's pretty cool. But he, he can go. He's stealthy. Stealth mode, right? right. Very powerful. Right, 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 yeah. And they basically say, you're going to have to go down this path where you have to get close to Ventress, his former apprentice. And he does this whole thing, and it's, it's, it's freaking epic. So his story is really cool. I think in Legends, though, they ended it. Like, he went to Kashyyyk and had a whole family, whole nine yards. But in, in canon, we have no clue. Uh, I don't think we know exactly where his story ends. I could be wrong. Someone can correct me in the chat. 
Um, I, I'm not a huge Quinlan Voss guy, but I was pushed major by people to get into that. And I, 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 it is a good book. Uh, it, I just need to go back and actually finish it. I just read the Wikipedia page on it, but I like the so idea okay. here that, you know, um, that Quinlan Voss would show up to assist Mando in saving Grogu and that he can teach Grogu how to come back to the light side. Uh, because we're talking about the fact that he might be turned against his will um, and and he may need to come back. And if Qu- Quinlan has experience with that, and it really would be the love that Din has for Grogu, that's the same thing. It's actually, It actually ties right back into what Larkin was saying previously, which is that it's Luke Skywalker's love for his father and his belief that there's still good in him. I can feel it. I can sense it. In Star Wars, it's a story about, like, no matter the wrongs that you've made, recognition of those wrongs and, and repentance and coming back and saying, no, I choose today to serve the light. That's the story. That's what, that's what all of us can do. So Grogu, you know, I mean, he might need a master who could do that. And if that's yes. Quinlan Voss, I'm okay with it. I, I, I would be, that would be what Quinlan Voss is actually, um, lots of people like him. They really like him. He's, he made the little cameo in, in, uh, they actually pulled, they created his character from that guy who was, I guess, you know, in Phantom Menace and is, and is there when Qui-Gon is walking in and he first meets Anakin. Qui-Gon, or Qu- Quinlan Voss says later on in Legends that, like, had he have known that Qui-Gon was in distress and under attack by a Sith Lord, Sith Lord he would have aided him, but he didn't know. And that's how right. powerful Darth Maul was. He could cloak himself, and, and that's how he got so close to Qui-Gon, he almost killed him. Um, and Quinlan was... Quinlan was upset that he didn't, you know, know more about that and he couldn't intervene to help. But it would be cool. Would he's a, very, he's a I, fan, fan favorite. I don't know that Darth Maul would have taken Qui-Gon. Unaware. It, had, had they had they had that fight continued. Yeah, oh no, 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 no. It was in just, the it, in yeah. the in the desert on Tatooine. Yeah. I, I just I'm just you know. Yeah, I'm not so sure either. I'm not so I'm I'm with you I'm on not, that. I'm with you on that. I, I think, think he, you know. There's Obi Wan. You've got like the gates are closing. There, the, you got you got this thing. You got you know you got to worry about the 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 pit there. If it's just Qui Gon, Darth Maul one on one, and it's on basically a, a a neutral surface. Yeah, I don't know, man. My yeah, my Qui Gon is Qui Gon is a Jedi master. There's a lot of circumstances that were going on. You know, yeah. I mean, even Obi Wan. I mean. Boom gets. I mean, so who knows? You know that yeah, pit there. Yeah, and Obi Wan just saw Qui Gon die. You know, it, does he is like I, I don't. He's like, is Qui Gon thinking I want to take him out so that Obi Wan won't get hurt? I don't want Obi. You know, this is a Sith Lord. I don't want Obi Wan in this. You know, there's a lot. Yeah, no, there is. There is a lot. I think it's it's funny how they just build off of those stories, right? So you have Quinlan, who people are like, okay, that's a character now. Then they go back and they tell a story. That was never there before, but it was just like right. Quinlan is, says it, later that like if I could have aided Qui Gon, I would have. You know, it's like I, it's like how no. it's like how Mara Jade is at the at at the Java's palace, right? right? With, oh yeah, right, right, right. When everything is on there, so Where guys, hey, well, guys, let us know. Shoot us some more comments. I mean, we love love. I love going through your guys' transmissions. Love getting the comments on YouTube. You guys are knocking it out of the park. I mean, as and I are literally we're at two hours today because uh, we're just going to keep reading your guys' comments and and stuff like that. And again, you never know. I mean, we could turn it into a full YouTube video. Um, we 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 take it from the podcast and yeah. and, and turn it turn it into 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 a YouTube video. Um, as 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 well for those of you guys listening on the podcast, we we did, we did this live. We just kind of said. 
let's hang out in hyperspace. So that's 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 what we're doing. And and so uh, so maybe do some more of these uh, for, for Mandalorian. So certainly stay tuned for those. But guys, we really appreciate it. Um, and as always, as we want to thank you guys for hanging out in hyperspace. Our next episode, I'm sure we will be discussing your transmissions and, uh, and, and theories and, and reactions to Mandalorian chapter 14 right chapter no chapter 15 15, yeah chapter 15 so wow crazy that is the the penultimate episode of season two so who knows what we are thinking you know a a week ago we saw ahsoka we thought everything our minds blown the week before that we saw um dark troopers the week before that we saw bo katan the week before that we saw baby yoda mowing down on some eggs right Right. back when he he was still baby yoda so who knows who knows where we're going to be next next week? We might literally be in like next week, guys. We could literally be saying, and I'm not even joking. Is is Luke Skywalker who just showed up now going to fight Thrawn? I don't know. Who I, knows? Yeah, well, right. who, I know. who, literally, who literally knows the way the season's going? I think it's all it's all possible. It's all possible. right. I mean, it's yeah. it's all it's all possible. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Snoke going to be killed uh, in in the next episode? I don't know. You know, it's who knows who Why literally not? knows where, where 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 we're at. Will Yoda will Yaddle survive? It, it's all it's all possible <laughs> at this point. It's all on the table. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys. All so, right. Yeah, as always, continue to shoot us those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us that transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail We will see you next time, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.